This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Monday, November 8th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Two men were killed after they rear-ended. They were rear-ended by a speeding driver who was under the influence, according to Philadelphia police. It happened at the intersection of Stenton Avenue and East Johnson Street in West Oak Lane at about 11 p.m. Saturday. Police say a vehicle with two men inside burst into flames after being rear-ended by another driver. Both men who died in the wreck have not been identified. Police say the person responsible for the crash is hospitalized in critical condition and will soon be charged with DUI and vehicular homicide. Anyone with further information is asked to contact police by calling 215-686-TIPS. The Biden administration is urging superintendents and elementary school principals to host vaccination clinics now that children 5 to 11 are eligible to receive the Pfizer vaccine. Federal and school officials say the hope is that by offering vaccine clinics on campuses where kids are comfortable could help families overcome any reservations. First Lady Dr. Jill Biden and Surgeon General Vivek Murthy will start the national effort Monday by visiting a pediatric COVID-19 vaccination clinic at Franklin Sherman Elementary School in McLean, Virginia, the first school to administer the polio vaccine in 1954. School officials will not be the ones handling the COVID-19 vaccine or giving the shots to students. They will partner with local vaccine providers. The Pfizer vaccine for kids has shown to be nearly 91% effective at preventing symptoms. The United States is lifting restrictions for vaccinated foreign travelers from a number of countries starting Monday, November 8th. So effective today, all non-immigrant, non-citizen air travelers to the United States will be required to be fully vaccinated and to provide proof of vaccination status prior to boarding an airplane to the the United States. Because of COVID-19 protocols, foreign travelers were not able to travel to the United States for the last year and a half. But this week, the ban is being lifted for people coming from Brazil, China, India, South Africa, the United Kingdom, Ireland, and much of Europe. The United States is opening its land borders as well to Canada and Mexico. People coming into the United States must now be fully vaccinated against COVID-19. All vaccines approved from the Food and Drug Administration and the World Health Organization will be accepted. Exceptions to the rule include official diplomatic travel, people unable to receive the COVID-19 vaccine for documented medical reasons, participants in certain COVID-19 vaccine trials, U.S. service members and their children, and people with valid emergency or humanitarian exceptions. In sports this morning... The Eagles lost to the L.A. Chargers 27-24 yesterday afternoon at the Lake. Justin Herbert threw two touchdown passes and ran for a score. And Dustin Hopkins kicked a 29-yard field goal with two seconds remaining. Herbert threw for 356 yards, completing 32 of 38 passes. and got one yard on a quarterback sneak on fourth and one from the Eagles 28 with a minute 45 left, setting up Hopkins' game-winning kick. The Eagles fell to three and six and still haven't won a home game in four tries under rookie coach Nick Sirianni. They're back on the road next weekend with a game in Denver against the Broncos. Kickoff on Sunday will be at 425. Both the Sixers and Flyers won on Saturday night to continue their impressive starts to their seasons. The Sixers, who have won six games in a row and are eight and two, are at home tonight and will host the New York Knicks with their win over the weekend against the Chicago Bulls. Doc Rivers now has a thousand career wins 
as a head coach in the NBA. Tip-off in South Philly is set for 7 o'clock. The Flyers are also off to a strong start at 6-2-2. Two, two. They're off until Wednesday when they'll be back home to play the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the Philadelphia Union and New York FC tied 1-1 yesterday afternoon in the regular season finale at Yankee Stadium. The Union finished in second place in the Eastern Conference and will open the MLS playoffs at home against New York Red Bulls. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you very much, Kathy. This is always a glorious day. When we return to our home and yes. settled back into our mm-hmm. comfortable abode, Camp Out for Hunger was uh, was a uh, hopefully a tremendous success. It certainly felt like it. Uh, we'll find out uh, totals. Uh, I haven't heard anything about whether we will have those today or not. There's yeah, neither of, have I. We uh, usually do it Tuesday. Money. There's a lot of uh, poundage as far as the food that uh, needs to be totaled up. So we'll, we'll get the word and let you know exactly when we can roll out what we know. Yeah. It's, it's hard to keep on top of everything as it's going on. Yep. It, uh, it felt really good, though. It uh, did. But, uh, I'm we, still tired. We've returned. Um, I've, I finally feel better. Good. I was feeling better Friday, and uh, it did take the weekend, though, because I, I definitely wasn't 100%. And uh, so uh, last two weeks have been an absolute blur to me. Yeah. Yes. Like, sure. Yeah. I was, stop, I was trying to remember things from the camp out while I was talking to my wife, who is really sick right now. Right. Uh, and uh, I was having a hard time coming up with stuff. So. It's wild the way your your mind does. It just wants yes. to forget all of the bad. I'll have to have yeah. you guys fill me in on everything. Well, also, uh, Radio Hall of Fame happened in the middle yeah, of yeah. two That weeks, was part know? of it, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, that was not that long ago, and uh, that was a, sort of a momentous occasion as well. And I got sick right before that, yeah. too. Oh so it's just been, just been sucked. Preston, so I just hope everything has been wonderful for you. For your edification at that ceremony, Really good dessert. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, well, <laughs> I don't remember it. Remember the dessert at Gibson's? Remember that one? I do remember that, that one. Well, that, that one you can't that, forget. That was pretty amazing. <laughs> All right, well, welcome back to the work week. We have some stuff to mention. Uh, new Word of the Week prize. This is really cool. We have a South Philly concert pass to give away. Okay, so you can spend September in South Philly with a pair of tickets to see Red Hot Chili Peppers with The Strokes and Thundercat on Saturday, September 3rd at Citizens Bank Park, and a pair of tickets for The Killers, the Imploding the Mirage Tour with special guest Johnny Marr on September 27th at the Wells Fargo Center. So you'll be set for some really big shows that month. Uh, So we would love to set you up with that, and we'll do the uh, letter of the day word of the week at the end of the show and we'll get that every day this week and then on friday we'll give that prize away i think you know how that works by now we have a guest on the show today our good friend actor daniel roebuck will be on he was named recently (laughs) they they officially made the announcement as grandpa in the new monsters movie which is a great role directed by rob zombie so we know daniel he was on uh, the show lost that's where yeah. we first met him and uh, he's been in tons of movies and things throughout the year so he's been by the studio on a few occasions and uh is a nice guy and this is really cool that he's playing grandpa monster it's awesome yeah. and he's, he's worked with uh, rob zombie a couple times so yeah, yeah it's very it's I think this is the perfect role for him. Uh, and he's from uh, Pennsylvania yeah. as well, which is cool because he's got ties to the area. So we'll talk to Daniel Roebuck uh, around 9 o'clock. And we also have an announcement to make. We're not done with doing stuff just because we got finished with Camp Out for Hunger. Yeah. 
We got more things coming up before the end of the year, and uh, this one is a fun one. We'll make the official announcement uh, a little bit later on this morning, probably around the time that we get to the bizarre file. So that will be coming up in a little bit. Uh, let's take a break, come back in a second, and get our work week started. We will return in just a moment. And you know what's nice? It's 623, and we see a little bit of sunlight. Mm-hmm. It doesn't last really long, but we get a little bit more of that oh, with yeah. the time change. So back in a moment. Make sure you stay with us. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Listen on our mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You want to win an autographed Eagles jersey, an ultimate tailgating package, 2022 Eagles season tickets, or just good old cash? You could win when you enter Acme Swoop In and win sweepstakes. All you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwin.com for your chance to be the next big winner. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles and MMR's Preston and Steve Show. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, let's give something away for the Stupid Question Prize today. A pair of tickets to see Pop Rock's ABBA, the uh, Mamma Mia and More show that's happening Wednesday, November 17th, Kimmel Center. And the question that I have for you, it has to do with Monopoly. What is the first possible property purchase on the Monopoly board? Huh. That's after you pass go. All right, so what is the first possible property purchase on the Monopoly board? 215-263-WMMR. Give us a call. Today is Monday, November 8th, and there are birthdays to mention while we wait for your answer. We'll begin with Mary Hart, who was uh, on Entertainment Tonight. Tonight. And uh, as I remember, Preston, she had her legs insured with Lords of London for a couple of million dollars. Really? Yep. A couple million bucks. Yep. Nice legs. Yes. Definitely say that. Uh, so she turned 71 years old today. Uh, actress Courtney Thorne Smith. Love her. Is uh, 54 today. Yeah, had a definitely had a thing for her. Uh, it was uh, summer school. Summer school. That definitely did it for me. Right. And then she Surfer was on. Uh, she was the wife on the uh, according World According to Jim. Mm-hmm. She was yes. in the original Melrose Place, right? Melrose Place, absolutely. And on L.A. Law, for briefly, she was a cheerleader who was dating Harry Hamlin. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. Not sure what she's doing nowadays. Not a whole hell of a lot. Yeah, she's, but she's standing in, in this, what we're looking at here, she's standing in front of a Hallmark movie poster. So maybe she's in that realm now. She seems that yeah, she, she could do it. fit right <laughs> yeah, into yeah. that. You just need a, a pretty smile. And a mug of hot cocoa. You pretty much got it. Yeah, so she is uh, 54 today. Nick's taking a look at her. She was yeah. on Mom for a little bit, Steve, I guess, a, a few episodes. And then uh, the Emmy, Emma Fielding Mysteries? I don't know what that is. That's the hallmark then. That's, that's what that has to be then. Okay. okay. And Fresh okay. Off the Boat, which is a good show. Yep. Uh, we also have uh, actress Alfrey Woodard, um, and uh, Emmy Award winning actress. I mainly remember her from uh, she, she was Scrooge, she was uh, yes. Bill Murray's yeah. uh, right hand person. Uh, she was also in Star Trek, I think it was First Context. Yes, maybe? that's yeah. right, yeah, and she was really good. Yep, and um, uh, other things. And she had she had a role in um, in uh, Marvel Civil War as well. Yep, uh, she's 69 today. Uh, it's also Tara Reed's birthday. Tara Reed. Yeah, Tara Reed is 46 years old. Wow. The Sharknado series. She was in Sharknado, yeah. When she first came on the scene, I think she was in uh, one of those movies, or the Urban Legends movies. Okay. And um, I, I thought, and she she was carrying a little bit more weight, and I thought she looked great. First and, thing I remember her in was American Pie. 
American Pie. Right, right, right. Uh, and then obviously she was in that series of movies, but uh, she's 46 today. Yeah. Parker Posey. We uh, love her. Uh, All right, you got a freshman bitch. <laughs> Um, Besides that, uh, the Christopher Guest movies, Best in Show and A Mighty Wind. uh, Waiting for Guffman? uh, Yep, Waiting for Guffman. She's fantastic. I love that final scene of her. She's barbecuing one chicken wing. Yep. (laughs) On a whole grill. So sad. I'll always have the Dairy Queen. Always have the Dairy Queen. She's 53 today. It's Leif Garrett's birthday today. Uh, and a big birthday for Leif Garrett, who turned 60 years old. By far the best behind the music when that was a series on BH1. Ready for a bomb? It was, uh, it was really, really popular. Is this him? Yeah. Oh, my God. And one of the legendary Preston and Steve appearances. Yep. Uh, we were at Y100 at the time. Yep, and uh, the band The Melvins came by with him, uh, and he he was hungover. Oh, really? And tried to sing, <laughs> and it was terrible, and he knew it, and oh. uh, I think he was singing Smells Like Teen, Teen Spirit. Spirit. Yeah, because he The Melvins, uh, oh, actually no. Kurt Cobain had, uh, had like, roadied for The Melvins, yeah. and so they were sort of returning the favor, and I, ha- I remember him crying on the stairs. Yeah. He went down to the stairs. Oh, that was who was crying on the stairs? It's Garrett. Yeah. Oh, wait, here's Garrett. Ready for a bomb? That's not him, no. actually. That was his buddy uh, who had been paralyzed from the car accident. Uh, that Was Leif Garrett? Was Leif, Leif driving? Garrett, I or think was... Leif Garrett was driving. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so the, the, the friend who was with him in the car became uh, wheelchair bound. So. Yeah, uh, he is 60 today. Uh, the great Bonnie Raitt. Oh, oh yeah. man, what a voice on her. I just took a deep dive into Bonnie Raitt territory over the yeah. weekend just by happenstance. She's excellent. Yeah, she's Great amazing. slide guitarist and but just her, her voice has got, it's so rich. Uh, so she turned 72 years old Great today. workout music, too, if you guys have never tried. Uh, I can't make you love me. Yeah, that is awesome. Like, that's, Casey's, uh, that, that's Casey's sprint song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> when he needs to put it into that next gear. Yeah. Uh, so she is 72. Jack Osborne spoke to him not that long ago. Doing uh, a whole bunch of paranormal stuff, Preston. Thirty six. Yeah. yeah, that's what uh, it's kind of his niche now. Yeah, uh, he's he's dove into that. And he's doing a new paranormal show with Kelly Osborne. Uh, Kathy, you watch Brothers and Sisters, right? Oh yes, I sure did. <laughs> actor, <laughs> actor Matthew Matthew Reese, and so, I don't know who he plays. So ring a bell. She's looking right now. No, I'm looking. She's going to her. Brothers and Sisters folder right on her desktop. Yes. He's also on The Americans. Wait, what is the last name? Reese, R-H-Y-S. Oh, okay, yeah, he's the husband in The Americans with... Oh, uh, oh he was the gay son in Brothers, Brothers and, and Sisters. Brothers and Sisters, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's so with Kerry he... Russell. He's married to... Is, or, I don't know if he's married to, but he's with Kerry Russell oh, really? in real life right now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's 47. And the last birthday, Gordon Ramsay. Ah! Celebrates his birthday today. Ate uh, dinner at his restaurant in Atlantic City for my son's 21st birthday. What'd you think? Oh, it's outstanding. Yeah. yeah. He's amazing. Uh, and we had him on. He was a really solid interview. If you ever go on Hell's Kitchen, learn how to make good risotto <laughs> because that is a key thing. He freaks out if your risotto is not up to snuff. Mm, at yeah. Wellington's. Uh, he is 55 today. I think one of us got the Wellington uh, at his restaurant. I bet it, you it was damn good. Fan freaking fantastic. All right, so we're looking for an answer to this uh, stupid question. What is the first possible property purchase on the Monopoly board? 215-263-WMMR. Our number, John, is our first caller in, so we will go to him. Hey, John, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good. John, what is that first property purchase on the Monopoly board? Uh, so just 
to clarify that as soon as you pass go, the first property is Mediterranean, but the first one you can actually purchase if you're starting the game is Baltic. You you are correct. I know the stuff. Yeah. You are correct. He's a Monopoly Messiah. And that is because you can't roll a one. Oh man, I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. Hang on, John. We're gonna get your info. And we're going to set you up a pair of tickets for Pops, Rocks, ABBA, Mamma Mia, and more on Wednesday, November 17th at the Kimmel Center. You can hear Pops' signature sound on the hits of one of the greatest selling bands of all time. And it is ABBA. You can get the tickets at phillypops.org slash WMMR. Marissa's going to be introducing the show that night, so you'll see you there. But you don't have to be able to just roll a one in order to get past go, right? Like you To start the game. To, my first move is flipping the board over. No, so to, <laughs> to start the game, what his point was, you can't roll a one to, to get to uh, so Mediterranean. So it's not the first one you can purchase. Yeah, oh, the, I, first I think, par- the first property you can purchase after go is Mediterranean. All right, where's go then? You don't start at go. Yeah, you, you do. do. You okay. start right on go. But all So right. you can't do it to start the game. All right, time out. Uh, <laughs> not that we need to get into a big discussion here, but do you have to go around the board one whole time in order to start purchasing? No. No. Okay. Uh, now, I have heard people institute that rule before. Okay. So when you said you go past, when you start, past, when you go past go, I thought you were saying you have to go uh, an entire lap around the board first. No, and I that's didn't. where I was confused. I didn't mean that. I don't play this game, Steve. Sorry you know why? Because it sucks. <laughs> I hate the game. I Well, yeah. you know me in board games to begin <laughs> yeah. with. Uh, peep, I, I appreciate how people love it, and I appreciate all the versions. I just can't get into it. All right, so at the box office, number one was uh, Eternals. It made $71 million. I Not seen bad. It. Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah, I seen it on Saturday with my son. I enjoyed it. He was a little less than impressed with it. Um, but it, listen, it's one of those, and Craig Ligon said it, you know, when you hold it up yeah. to all the other Marvel movies that came before it, you can understand why this one, you know, wasn't as good as the, but I enjoyed it. So and fun. It's propelling the story forward. Well, all right. Jay saw it too. And he, Casey said the same thing. Like I said to him, I go, was it great or was it just okay? He was like, it was okay. There's a lot of characters. There's like 11 he, you know Eternals. What? And he Grandpa said, Munster's in it. He no. said to me, I couldn't follow all of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. That's, that's what I heard. That's kind of tough. Uh, number two was Dune, which I watched for the third time over oh, the wow. weekend. Uh, then you have No Time to Die, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, Ron's Gone Wrong, followed by The French Dispatch, Halloween Kills, Spencer, Rantlers was number nine, <laughs> and then 10 was Last Night in Rantlers. Soho. Uh, so we're going to start with this story I'm sure that you saw as tragedy. Eight people were killed and more than 300 injured following a stampede at Travis Scott's Astro World concert at NRG Park in Houston on Saturday night. According to Billboard, more than 25 people were rushed to the hospital following the tragedy. Uh, the Houston Fire Department Chief Samuel Pena uh, said during a press conference that a mass casualty event occurred around 9.38 p.m. at the concert, Horrible. which had approximately 50,000 people in attendance. Pena said that uh, trouble began shortly after 9 p.m. when the crowd began to compress toward the front of the stage, and that caused some panic and started causing some injuries. People began to fall out uh, and become unconscious, and that created additional panic. Out of the 25 people that were hospitalized, 11 of which were in cardiac arrest at the time. Almighty. Pena added that uh, Astro World's medical tent and staff were quickly overwhelmed by the scale of the incident. Uh, which uh, after which the Houston Fire Department stepped in and dispatched 50 units. Uh, the second day of Astro World was canceled as a result of the tragedy. Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner confirmed at a press conference uh, that took place on Saturday that there were eight fatalities from the concert and that the ages of seven of those who died 
ranged from 14 to 27 years old. One male victim of the incident was yet to be identified. Uh, reps for, for Astroworld released a statement saying our hearts are with the Astroworld Festival family right now, especially those that we lost and their loved ones. We are focused on supporting local officials however we can. With that in mind, the festival will no longer be held on Saturday. Uh, we have a clip, I think, of Travis Scott. We have yeah. a couple of clips from him, Casey, if you could... Take a look and see if those were sent over or not. Yeah, now we got them. Uh, we have one uh, where he had no idea. He's talking about that that people were dying yes. in the incident, and here we go. I just want to send out prayers to the ones that was lost last night. My fans really mean the world to me, and I always just really want to leave them with a positive experience. And any time I can make out, you know, anything that's going on, you know, I, you know, I just stop the show and. You know, help them get the help they need, you know? I could just never imagine the severity of the situation. Uh, and obviously, he stated that he was devastated by the incident. Here we go. Uh, we've been working closely with everyone to just try to get to the bottom of this. The city of Houston, HPD, fire department, help us figure this out. If you have any information, you know, please just contact your local authorities. I'm honestly just devastated. and I could never imagine anything like this just happening Preston, did you hear the, uh, and it was one of the police officers that actually was responding to the whole thing. It was down there in the crowd. He got, he said he got a needle put into All his right, neck. So there's a, so there's a, there are stories that haven't been right. substantiated that, that maybe somebody had a needle and was injecting people with it. Yeah. I'm, until there's more out on that, I'm not really going to touch on that much. So, well, yeah, there's not much. That's it. That's the only thing we've heard. Is the well, one, then the there, there's a couple of people have ran with it a little bit. Okay, you know, and said that multiple people were. Until there's official information on that, you know, we'll have to wait and see exactly what that's about. Uh, Kylie Jenner also released a statement on Instagram saying that uh, both she and Scott were unaware of any fatalities until after the concert ended. Uh, she added that they were devastated, adding. Uh, in no world would we have uh, continued filming or performing. Now, Travis has been criticized for performing over 35 minutes while the stampede was happening. Uh, according to Wrap Up, reports say that the rapper stopped the show after noticing that some of the fans in the front seemed in distress. He told security to make sure that they weren't hurt and asked medics to uh, help one person. And during this time, the crowd began chanting, uh, stop the show prior to the surge. So I guess people were like... Okay, catch you guys what was going yeah. on. He was up very high, uh, so he, he was, I don't know what he was on, some sort of scaffolding or something, but he's up very high. And then you also saw people, uh, Preston, charging up. They had cameras on platforms, and they were charging, climbing up to the cameraman, trying to yell to say, please yeah. get him yeah. to stop. Yep. Uh, now, there, there's there been a couple of lawsuits that have already been uh, filed, so there's a, a few people that are going to start to seek some um, you know, uh, legal uh, right. angles here to uh, for restitution. Obviously, as more of this goes out, there's going to be more and more of that that happens. More that they find out. So, just horrible. I mean, you'd think they. It, it, it's very rare that stuff like this happens now, but it has certainly happened uh, historically. You remember the Who? Absolutely, uh, Cincinnati, the 1980s, all sorts of things. Pearl, um, Pearl Jam, and, Pearl Jam, and, yes, yes, right. in, in Europe, right? Yeah, it was in Denmark. Yeah, and uh, nine people died that day, and they they did stop that show. I mean, it, like it's just this is an awful nightmare situation. Do you yeah. know what what happened? Well, and I know we're probably going to talk about it a little bit later, but but it is you know the the nature of the beast is you get a lot of people together, and in a lot of times, no matter what safety protocols you have in place, 
the surge of a crowd of people yeah. is a fairly oh. formidable force. Yeah, you you can't. Yeah. They're, they're, it's really hard to stop right. once it starts, man. And then the panicking begins. Yeah. All right, so let's go on to some other stories and uh, delve into the frivolous. Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson's rumored romance appears to be revving its engines. I knew it! Yeah, according to TMZ. The pair appeared to be very comfortable with each other at Zero Bond and Campania. I'm so comfortable with you. Smiling and laughing and and making out, too. funny. Uh, The pair spent a week hanging in New York City, even spending time with her pals and heading out to Staten Island, where Davidson lives. I'm trying to think about the mindset, the mechanics behind this whole thing. Is this a, a, Pete Davidson seems to be a, yeah, why the hell not kind of guy, you know? Like yeah. with Kate Beckinsale, yeah, why not? Wait, you meaning Kate is saying why the hell like, not? Like a lot of the him. women, after Ariana Grande, who apparently did was, I mean, they got engaged, right, I guess? Yeah. Um, so, but after that, it, it seems to be, a, he's kind of like, yeah. Oh yeah, I guess it's my 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 swing at Pete Davidson now. Oh, so you're saying the women are saying exactly? What the hell I thought yeah. I didn't know if you meant him. No, yeah. no, no. I think he he would probably you know lock down with any one of these people. Uh, Kim is reportedly excited to be dating again, but isn't looking for anything serious. She there also you go. has no plans to bring him uh, to pal Paris Hilton's wedding to Carter Reem. <laughs> he on would embarrass me Thursday. He does chicken farts. Uh, an insider said uh, Kim is not bringing Pete. She will be there solo. So don't expect to see that. Years ago. I don't know if you did this, Preston, but when I was, uh, you know, a young man and, you know, uh, going to weddings solo was awesome. Oh, God, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. So much potential yeah. at those events, <laughs> most definitely. Uh, I mean, look at Wedding Crashers. That's exactly. what their whole theory was exactly. about. People are, people are in the mood for love. So uh, during Will Smith's interview on Oprah's Apple TV Plus series, The Oprah Conversation, uh, Oprah asked the actor if his marriage to Jada Pinkett Smith was open. Early on in the interview, Smith said that Will and Jada's temporary split after she turned 40 helped them to discover, quote, loving in freedom. Love you. Uh, When Winfrey asked about loving and freedom. Loving and freedom. Smith said that loving and freedom isn't strictly about sex. They're a great R&B group. Saying you love in freedom with everybody except your partner. Ah. It's friendship versus marital prison. Ah. So we talk about everything. Uh, I think the difficulty that people have and difficulty in discussing it is people only think in terms of sex. Mm-hmm. He said, even the idea where people are trying to put something on it, Will and Jada, what they doing with other people, Will and Jada ain't really doing much of nothing. Will and Jada are on a spiritual journey to cleanse the poisonous, unloving parts of our hearts, and we're doing it together in this lifetime no matter what. But the goal is not a sexual goal, everybody. He said, we are going to love each other no matter what. What the hell are you talking yeah, about? So I don't what, know. So, I don't what is, so it's still know. not clear? Yeah. I would say bring that argument to your wife, Preston, and then duck. When, you, <laughs> yeah. well, so, when most people, I don't know about most people, when, often when people have open marriages, it's because of the sexual component. So I think his defense of this is in... Is a little odd, you know. That people have open marriages in order to be able to have sex with other people, right? And so, right? you know, yeah. when, when when Oprah asks about that, that's essentially what she's getting at. And then his answer is a lot of deflection. Yeah, I think they just, um, 
I think they just had like a, uh, you know, they were kind of getting tired of each other. And yeah, yeah. Made an agreement, you know, let's yeah. kind of go do our own thing for a little let's while. And then he, he, he moved to Bel Air to live with his auntie. That's right, yeah. his auntie and uncle in Bel Air. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, anyhow, it's their thing. Whatever, man. They, they seem happy. Yeah, She's got her red table and he's got his thing. They're still together. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker is done with the sexist and misogynist... <laughs> Narrative that she sees around her and her Sex in the City co-stars. Uh, yes, she's, people are critical of her. Terrible. She told Vogue in an accompanying interview for her December cover shoot, there's so much misogynist chatter in response to us that would never happen about a man. She said, gray hair, gray hair, gray hair. Does she have gray hair? Uh, she's referring to pictures of herself in natural Excuse me, gray locks that went viral when she was spotted out with pals. She said, I'm sitting with Andy Cohen, and he has he has a head full of gray hair, and he's exquisite. Um, why is it okay for him? And I don't know what to tell you people. Uh, she said, it almost feels as if people don't want us to be perfect. Uh, people don't want us to be perfectly okay with where we are as if they almost enjoy us being pained by who we are today whether we choose to age naturally and not look perfect or whether you do something that that makes you feel better. Uh, I would say this, uh, that gray going gray thing again, look good on a lot of women. Sure. Absolutely. I think some people, you know, it may not, but that, that, the same could be said for just about any, any fashion choice or yeah. any sort of thing like that. But, um, yeah, the, 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 the natural gray, uh, I know a, no, a number of people have done it. A number of women. And I think it looks great. Yeah. I mean, it's Okay. But just to call out men for this is kind of being. No, I've it's, heard women say it too. You know, yeah, yeah. So, so say it's like sexist and misogynist and blah, blah, blah. But like, okay, so you you mean to tell me women as a whole don't judge other, other women for the roots that are coming I think out? She's, and... I think she's using the term misogynist incorrectly here because yeah. she just says it's a response uh, that would never happen if it were a man. I think she's saying a general response. Yeah. And she's saying that men don't usually, which I, I, I agree, don't get as much as women do when it comes to uh, that type of, of of nitpicking, I guess. Men, men are will. distinguished but, when they yeah, get yeah, the gray. Like yeah. you, you've got your, your, your in, in your temples, you got a little bit of gray. <laughs> That's why when you smoke a pipe and you put on your... Your jacket and go to the so, conservatory. I, I know what you're saying, Casey. It yeah. sounds as if she's saying guys. Guys are all, but yeah. I, I don't think it's quite that. No, I think it's, it's not, just men aren't under the uh, scrutiny as much. That's probably the point she's trying to make. Okay, so. use your use your words correctly. Use your words. Yes, use your words. All right, I was very excited to see this. Netflix dropped a season four teaser for Stranger Things on Saturday. I loved it. Which coincides with, coincides with Stranger Things Day, uh, the same day the sci-fi drama character uh, that Will Byers, played by Noah Schnapp, uh, first went missing in Hawkins, Indiana in 1983. Uh, Netflix also confirmed the season four episode titles, and here they are. Uh, the Hellfire Club, uh, Vecna's Curse, The Monster and the Superhero, Dear Billy, The Nina Project, The Dive, The Massacre at Hawkins Lab... Papa and the piggy bank. Interesting. So if Papa is one of those, that might yeah. mean that Matthew Modine is back in. I, I don't know. Not 100% sure. But it looks great, and they've certainly all grown. They really have. You know? I was just thinking that, too, because I, I was watching some clips from the first season. It's been around since 2016, and yeah. they're all grows up. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, looking at look at especially Mike. They show him oh for just a God. moment. I'm like, dude, what the hell? He really grew up. And eleven uh, is uh, odd girl out in yeah. high school. Yeah, yeah, she's kind of uh, a, a bit of a goofball. Yep, uh, kind with, of a, with a grunge pre grunge sort of thing going on. Yeah. Do they so, have a, a release date pressing on the? I don't see twenty eighty five. I don't see anything <laughs> about that here, Nick. But this is this is a good sign. That it is such a great show. Went back and revisited it uh, last year and was really glad that I did. I've forgotten how just captivating it all is. Every single episode. Uh, let's see what else we have here for you. Uh, Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas celebrated their first Diwali at home together, uh-huh. which is a festival of lights. What did oh, take nice. some, why did they take so long to celebrate? Uh, our first, This is what uh, they wrote in a caption of series. Uh, I'm sorry. They captioned a series of pics on social media that said, Our first Diwali and our first home together. Uh, John Legend and Chrissy Teigen were among the guests as well. They said, This one is always special. Uh, let's see. Shanna Mokler is trolling her ex, Travis Barker. That's all fi- she does. And his fiance Courtney Kardashian, again. In a good. video grabbed by Page Six, Mokler said that they are, quote, very deserving of one another. And she said, I hope they get good ratings. So that was kind of a <laughs> Snap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Snap. Uh, James Franco and Elon Musk are being called in to testify in Johnny Depp's case against Amber Heard. What the hell? That's yeah. Wild. This is... It's like a movie, right? right? Yeah. Uh, So Elon and and Amber were together for... Yes, uh, they were. Okay. Yes, they were. The pair were subpoenaed and have been ordered to share... You poop in your bed. uh, ...communications (laughs) between the men and Heard relating to allegations of physical injury sustained by her at Depp's hands. So, uh, okay, James Franco is is kind of still... um, Flying under the radar because of the stuff that he was, the Me Too stuff that was happening with him. Uh, this will be interesting. Yep. Yeah. This is the never-ending court case. And yep. if either of them had, well, I don't know who's the real one pushing for this, but let it go. Mm. Uh, they will both be deposed in January. Uh, Depp is suing her for $50 million for libel. Yeah, so I don't know who's calling uh, each one of them. Sounds like his camp is probably behind it. So, Maybe. Press, uh, I, uh, Burnt Rubber, I don't know what her name is, but uh, it doesn't yeah. matter. Have you ever, Did you ever have the opportunity to run into any uh, of her other exes by any chance? Uh, no. Okay. No. Because that's an interesting, I, you know, it only happened to me yeah, one to time. Where, yeah, to see what you had, what, what you found out yeah. about them and, yeah. and swap stories. Yeah, that's an interesting thing that can happen. And I, because I ran into one guy one time, uh, and we had uh, sort of dated the girl around the same time. You know, she left him, was with me, and then was with him while she was with me. And then, you know, so I ended up running into him. Did you compare notes? Well, so at first, I thought he was going to, like, try and fight me. You yeah. know what I mean? Because no. he was like, hey, man, are you uh, and I, I like, want to yeah. be your cuck. And, the, and But as it turns out, you know, there was just a brief little, like, can you believe this? Really? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, I do have a little bit of <laughs> a, a one follow-up story. So um, the uh, the Flyers were playing the St. Louis Blues, and I went to that game. <laughs> yeah. And Brendan Shanahan was there. <laughs> That's right. Uh-huh. Brendan also banged Burt Rubber. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so I I, I, and I knew him, you know, from, from being in St. Louis and encountered him a few times. And, and uh, he knew that, I, you know, we were with the same girl. And uh, and I, I said, hey, I met him, you know, in the locker room or out in the hallway. I go, how you doing? I go, yeah, I live here now. He goes, oh. I goes, 
uh, yeah, me and, uh, you know, my girlfriend live here together. He goes, same girl? I don't know. He goes, kind of did that. <laughs> and kind of like rolled his eyes. Uh-huh. And, and that was it. That was it. So but that was, was enough. Far, that was as far as it got. He didn't so. do the NASCAR sound, did he? Uh, no. And she stank, didn't she, man? She smelled like burnt rubber. Isn't that the weirdest thing you've ever heard of? And I was like, yeah, dude. Thank God you could concur on this. Casey, I had that conversation with a friend last week. Oh, no kidding. And it's it's really funny to compare those notes. And uh, he doesn't have her in his life anymore. And I don't have her in my life anymore. But you, when you go over those things with that person, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, man, she was... Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, she really was a bitch. I know. So I know uh, some women who've who've done it. Oh I don't, sure. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's. Uh, I think it's a fairly common thing. You kind of just yeah. there comes that point where you go. So what was it like for you? I mm-hmm. wonder what the notes on me would be like. Yeah, you know, that's, afraid of the thermostat can jump really high. Um, <laughs> no, I, this morning I would jump off of high things. <laughs> this morning, I would like all the ex girlfriends <laughs> of Casey to call our show. We have a unique opportunity. All, all two, all two of them. You only had two girlfriends. I, ha- I, I haven't had many girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that, that was, was so uh, sad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I haven't had many girlfriends. <laughs> Even that girl it's that okay, I was. Baby. Oh my god. <laughs> Guys all the time. Even that girlfriend that I was talking about before, she wouldn't call me her girlfriend, but we were definitely dating at the I time. I remember you wow. saying this. Yeah. You had all the trappings of a boyfriend-girlfriend yeah, we relationship. we went out on dates. We and had she relations. Like, yeah, but she didn't want to put a label on things. Oh, I my God. It. This guy thinks he is <laughs> <a> boyfriend. <laughs> we were it's okay, fans. baby. But you're not my boyfriend. Okay. All you're two girls who dated Casey, I'd like to hear from you this morning. Let's, let's get let's you stop. both on. And and does it want not live in the area? Like, not live in the listening area? Nah, and that's what I'm talking about. We weren't, we didn't date. But her friend does. Who are you talking because about? Because her friend came up to me. Oh, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, we were that, we were definitely okay. girlfriend, boyfriend. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, I need to get one more story in here. Uh, with more, uh, with two more Fast and Furious films on the horizon, Vin Diesel is hoping to bury the hatchet with Dwayne Johnson, with whom he <laughs> fell out of. What's it about? While collaborating on the fate of the Furious, this uh, is I consider him family. What? I consider him family. Family. Diesel shared a message for Johnson via Instagram <laughs> on Sunday, extending an olive branch with the hopes of securing the return of Johnson. Uh, his Luke Hobbs for... It's just the branch. I ate all the owls. <laughs> <laughs> for fast and You got to be careful. They have pits. Yeah, absolutely. Man. I want to swallow those. I was hungry. Yeah. Well, that's why you talk so weird. You got owl pits. It's called about <laughs> What's in there? Owl pits. <laughs> well, that explains so much. It does. Uh, so, Diesel wrote... <laughs> To the actor, my little brother Dwayne. My little brother. The, the time has come. The world awaits the finale of Fast Ten, and you know my children refer to you as Uncle Dwayne in my house. Hmm. There is not a holiday that goes by that they and you don't send well wishes. But they should come celebrate Diwali with me. <laughs> he celebrates Diwali as well. Diwali the Beaver. He said, but the time has come. He said, I told you years ago that I was going to fulfill my promise to Pablo. That's Paul Walker. Oh. He said, I swore that we would reach and manifest the best fast in the finale, uh, in the finale that is 10. 
And Has I, the world really been clamoring for that? He said, I say this out of love, but you must show up. Do not leave the franchise idle. You have a very important role to play. Hobbs can't be play uh can't be played by no other. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to words. So, so he can be played by no. He cannot, no. Can't some be... of the roles you've been come to know now. Uh, I hope that you <laughs> rise to the occasion and fulfill your destiny. Uh, Diesel revealed this summer that uh, the bad blood between the pair was due to him using tough love while producing Johnson in 2016. Uh, he told Men's Health that he used the approach to, quote, assist in getting that performance where it needed to be. Yeah. Uh, in 2019, Johnson's character Luke Hobbs and his own had his own spinoff uh, film Hobbs and Shaw that saw him collaborate with Jason Statham. Of course, not that they need it, but it would be an angle to sell the next movie. It'd be oh, big. Yeah. It'd be big. Again, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, listen, uh, <laughs> the movies are fun. I uh, they're idiots. But I mean, <laughs> they're so awful. Yeah. I mean, they they are incredibly stupid, but yeah. fun, like yeah. a fireworks display. All right, uh, we're ready for clips now. An Interpol agent involved in the world of international crime must hunt down and capture the world's most wanted art thief in red notice. Mm. And in this clip, Dwayne Johnson ah. talks about, and that's all it says, <laughs> Ooh, that's talks, talks about dot, dot, dot. I think what they're going to love most about the movie is the fun that we have in the movie. I also think, without giving it away, all the twists along the way. And that is what made this movie so um, exciting for us to make and exciting for us to deliver. I don't I don't, wanna, <laughs> I don't think I want to see it. Red Notice is in theaters this Friday. This is the one um, with Gal Gadot uh, and Ryan Reynolds. And, and uh, it, it looks interesting. It has one of those things, though, Preston. And God bless Gal Gadot. But when you have her squaring off against those two guys and she's beating the piss out of them, yeah. it's strange credulity. Yeah. All right, here's the next clip. Dexter Morgan, believed to be dead and living in a new town with a false name, is on a collision course with a dangerous local in Dexter, New Blood. In this clip, Michael C. Hall talks about why now was the right time to bring Dexter back. I think it has everything to do with how much time has passed and that the story hinges on the relationship between Dexter and his son. And his son is now a full-grown young man or almost young man. I guess why now? The question, the answer is ultimately we had to wait for Harrison to grow up. <laughs> uh, Dexter New Blood is available to stream on Showtime now if you want to see that. Are you guys going to watch it? I watched it last night. What would you think? I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> I was like, okay, hang on a second. I, I, I forgot a lot about what happened at the end there. I guess uh, at the end of the first run, some people died that I, I was like, oh, wait, oh, they died? Oh, yeah. well, now I got to go back and maybe relive a little bit of that so I can remember exactly what shook out. All right. Uh, that's my entertainment report for today. We are chock full of stuff. We got guests on the program. We got announcements to make. So let's take a break. Come back in a moment, and uh, we'll keep this thing moving. We'll be back in just a sec. Stay with us. <laughs> The Preston and Steve Show Podcast, 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. Um, we're going to have an announcement uh, around Bizarre File Time. I think that uh, you will appreciate, so hang in there for it. That is coming up. 
Uh, we're also going to have actor Dana Roebuck on. He's going to be playing Grandpa Munster. You and I are, are big Munsters fans. Absolutely. And uh, that, you know, the, the dynamic between Herman and Grandpa oh, is the show. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so that's with uh, Rob Zombie directing. So we'll talk to uh, Mr. Roebuck as we get close to 9 o'clock. Uh, in the meantime, doubling back to the story they had in uh, entertainment news, it was just a, this tragic story of the weekend. Eight people killed uh, at this concert, um, the Astro World concert. Um, and it says here more than 300 people injured in the whole thing. Yeah, well. absolutely. Um, so at some point, things uh, got out of control and the crowd started surging forward. And uh, people, I assume right now they're talking about um, uh, cardiac arrest and so on. But, uh, yeah, you can, mm. you can get crushed. Yeah. Uh, or not or be able to breathe, be constricted. It is. So throughout your life, you go to enough shows. You, and, you know, when, when GA um, was the, you know, we, like the Cincinnati Who concert, mm-hmm. that was, um, you know, that, that sort of um, seating or audience handling was the, uh, was the norm. And um, if you've ever been in a crowd, I have where I felt like, wow, mm. I don't like this, uh-huh. uh, and and uh, my inclination is to immediately leave and go out to the the you know the uh, perimeter, right? And I'd rather do that, especially now. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact, President, sound systems, video screens, yeah. have made it not yeah, entirely to be... necessary to be right up front. Yeah, you know? some people love to be in that. I'm not one of those people, and I've been to several shows. That are like this, right? I've been to, you know, the Woodstock 99 and, um, you know, Made in America. I was in Austin City Limits, a couple of Fish Festival concerts. And same thing, Steve. I prefer to kind of be on the outside looking in. Yeah. Again, because, it, it, you know, the experience for me is all the same, right? So, like, one of my favorite experiences was at a, a giant fish festival show it was called it and i sat all the way in the back and we just set up camp we put up our chairs and it ended up being like the best night because we had all these other like performers they were like fire jugglers and all that sort of and i'm like you know and so i didn't have to be all the way but that is squeezed up front that is the thing though that is for a lot of people concert goes it's the thing to be right up there Oh, I used to be love being as close as I possibly could uh, to get to the stage, and uh, anytime I could get floor seats that were that were in that first you know row, uh, first few rows of seats, I would jump on them. And I can't remember what show it was, but I do I do remember one time uh, that um, uh, it was so. There's a barricade in the front. There's there's seats mm-hmm. and there's a barricade. And I remember getting, all of a sudden, it's like, here we go. Everybody left their seats and started moving forward. Oh, and I was like, oh, wow. And right I was like right. a teenager, so I'm like, here we go. Here we yeah, go. I wish I remembered what show this was. But I do remember at one point going, wow, like, okay, this person behind me, their chest is on my back, and my chest is on the back of the person in front of me. Right. And I'm like, this, uh, all right, everybody knows to stop pushing forward, right? You know. I mean, and it didn't, it never got, I never got really scared, but for a moment, I was like, this could be weird here if it kept going. Would you say you're inherently a personal space kind of guy? Because um, I am. Yeah, not back then, though. Not back then. I wouldn't have cared. All right, okay. But, but more so now, yes. It's remarkable how quickly you have zero control over everything that's going on around you. And I think that's really what happened uh, and, and has happened at concerts like this. I mean, we, we mentioned uh, the Pearl Jam show and um, Ross killed Denmark, and that was 2009. People died at that. Uh, Casey, I was at Made in America in uh, whatever year it was that Pearl Jam played with Jay-Z, mm-hmm. and we were up front, and it's it's GA. You know, it's, like, it's 45,000 people on the parkway. And when there's a surge to the front and you feel that surge, it's 
It's every direction around you, and you have no control as to which direction your body is actually headed. It, no, go ahead. A lot of those, like, basement bars, like, we would go see shows in college, and, I mean, they were like a bar in a basement. And that, That's a whole other scenario. They were yeah. hacked. I mean, you were shoulder to shoulder, and I remember Claustrophobic. thinking, like, if anything happens, like, that's it. Like, if <laughs> you, there, well, there's no getting out. I mean, yeah, it was, you were, we were packed in there. You know what? Well, what that puts me in mind is of the, the great white. Show, yeah. the, the, which is the the the, the pyro that that went mm-hmm. bad yep. fast in a super crowded room yep. with very poor es, uh, exit uh, pathways, mm-hmm. and that's what happened. People could not get out. Yeah, hang on, I got uh, calls coming in. I'm going to go to Don. Hey, Don. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, bud? But, um, hey, uh, I grew up outside of Seattle. Um, we used to go to shows out at the Tacoma Dome, and we went to a Def Leppard show at the at the end of the 80s. And we were at the rail, and the girls were standing in front of us, and the surge was so bad, we were braced against the rail as hard as we could with our arms. And, I mean, they, they were. They were crushing us to the point that Joe Elliott stopped the concert to people if they didn't back up and, you know, give us some room that they were – band was going to leave stage they ended up uh stopping the concert got everybody to back up security got in those of us in the front he actually pulled up out of the audience and put us on the side of the stage for the rest of the show for what we No kidding it done which wow. you're, you're talking about too a lot of times good security will see that and and, and you'll see it a lot of times at, at concerts yeah. where you're seeing that massive crush they'll start lifting people over the rails to get them out of that situation yeah, he, the security actually alerted the band as to what was going on. And he came up and addressed the crowd directly. And when they didn't listen, he said, either back up or we're off the stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's Sometimes you got to do it. And that's, some people are, are criticizing a little bit of the Travis Scott. He did at some point, you can see, uh, they have audio of him saying, hey, we got somebody hurt down here. Come yeah. check him out and everything. But I, I don't know how easy it is for an artist to tell that that's going on. So know? again, from what I, I saw, saw, it looked like he was up pretty, high, uh, pretty high, and may not been, you know, like he wasn't right at the edge of the stage seeing what was going on. He was elevated, and might have looked okay. There's just a little ruckus, but eight people, you know, I yeah. mean, that's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's horrifying. But do you remember when uh, when um, mosh pits were all the rage? Yes, and and they <laughs> they were fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I got out there. And, I did and, it once or twice. It up a yeah. few times. It was it was goofy fun. Yeah, and, and you know you had the potential to get kicked around a little bit, but there was room to move. Right, because that's what everybody was doing: throwing elbows around and pushing yeah. and shoving and all that stuff. It was a different kind of getting hurt thing. Right, the, the, the whole notion of as you said, Preston, where a ch- someone's chest is to your back, yes. and you have no. Uh, then then it's kind of like an undulating one mass and. and um, if someone falls, then you have all, all of this sort of like everyone sort of in, in a chain starts to fall. Yes. And that's when the panic starts. Yeah, exactly. Let me go to Kim, who's had this happen before. Hi, Kim. Good morning. Hi. Um, first time caller to the show. Oh. Hi, guys. Welcome, Kim. What's up? Well, I, I mean, I'm part of a foursome that goes to concerts together. In fact, we've been to quite a few MMRBQs. Nice. And. There's a concert hierarchy when you go into the pit. Okay. You get in there first, and you stake your claim, and you get to know the people that are around you so that when the crush starts, you have allies in which to hold back the crush. Okay. But I've had it already where where there have been, like, young punks coming in the back, and, you know, we've all been up there waiting for our favorite band to come on, and all of a sudden you got these people that 
are three strong, and they're pushing, pushing, pushing. So and if you've not done your homework yeah. Yeah. and made friends with people around you, you're going to get pushed, and you're going to fall. All right, so you're saying that there, there's people in the back of the pit that want to make it to the front, as close to the stage as they possibly can. They start. Great. And, uh, and, and at some point, you can't go in between, and you start, I guess, pushing, pushing. to try yeah. and get uh, close. They get pushed, they push, and they're very aggressive. Yeah. Kim, I, I, I like... They are I like your idea of building up a buffer around you so that everyone knows they're on the same page that they're yeah. not gonna they're not going to allow that uh, crush that surge to take place. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Kim, are you always yeah. are you and the crew uh, pit people? You like to get down yeah. in there? Yeah, I've been <laughs> down there for Godsmack. I've been down there for Nine Inch Nails. I've, you oh, know, you're not I'm messing around. Four years old, but. But you know, I mean, I I still like to get in there, and and but it's it's all in the people around you, and I've had people that have. My husband said to somebody one time, "Listen, if you're getting that damn close, you better buy me dinner first. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. But uh, but it can accelerate so quickly, and that's the yeah. thing. All right, thanks, I like that idea. Yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, I want to go to this call real quick. It's Ariel. Hi, Ariel. Good morning. Hey, Ariel. So we were talking about this. You know, get get when, when you feel that crowd, things are starting to get out of control, and you've had that happen before. Yeah, I was eighteen at the Electric Factory, seeing Lamb of God with my boyfriend and my dad. My dad was around the outskirts, you know, drinking, and my boyfriend and I were in the middle, and we got separated. And then all of a sudden, Lamb of God was about to come on. I had long hair; my hair was down. I looked up. And all of a sudden, everyone squeezed, so my head got stuck up because of my hair. Wow. And I got squeezed so hard that the breath literally got pushed out of me. Whoa. <laughs> Next thing I know, my dad's arm was, like, yanking me because he saw what happened. Yeah. He had to pull me out of the crowd. Uh, good for him, man, that he was keeping an eye on you. But that, yeah. that could have gone really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Thanks, Ariel. All right. So, you know, we're hearing uh, Lamb of God, Godsmack, uh, Nine Inch Nails, stuff like that. Let me go to Allison because her story is a little bit different. Allison, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. All right, Allison, where did you get crushed? <laughs> Longwood Gardens. Oh, oh my God. Oh, wow. what, oh, what, 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 what attraction, what, what hardcore attraction were you trying to see when this happened? Christmas display in the train room. Oh, the train room. Dude, you don't go in there unless you're ready. I live crazy. None of these other people like this Lamb of God know. I'm in the train room. That's crazy. Did you have, like, your kids with you? No. I had my son. He was in a stroller. My, oh my daughter God. was maybe four, and this was before they really did the times tickets. So this was years ago. So okay. it was it was just crazy, crazy busy. We were all in the train room, and all of a sudden, everything just stopped because there were so many people, and people just started squeezing in and squeezing in. My daughter got pushed off into the crowd. Oh I ended up hyperventilating and passing out. People were stepping on oh me. Some other lady fell over me. It was just like this whole domino effect. I've not been able. I will go back, but I will never do the train room again. Well, if, if it's any consolation, Allison, they no longer allow stage diving. Yeah, oh, and, thank God. Uh, no, but 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 you're, she's she's giving a perfect example. Allison's giving a perfect example of something that seems very benign, yeah. but as people start to filter in, yeah. And I know that whenever the Thanks, second Allison. I never wait. To, to feel that uncomfortability twice. The first time I feel it, I leave. Uh, there's another text that came up here. Oh, what was it? Uh, it was different than... Uh, it was something similar to uh, this where... Uh, oh, man, I can't find it, Nick. But, but it was something that had to do with 
not necessarily what you would expect. Oh, here you go. So the um, uh, the Eagles parade, right? Uh, yes, the Super Bowl, right? Uh, near the art museum, there were people texting in about that uh, and starting to get that sensation. Uh, I know Casey and I ventured out and started to make our way. And at yeah. one point, it was like, okay, yeah, this is too dense. We we can't go any farther than this. But and I wouldn't want to be in that mass of humanity uh, where it's just completely, you know, nuts to butts, as right. they say. Uh, and Allison had mentioned it ending up falling on the ground. Yeah. That's when it becomes very, very, very dangerous. That's a critical issue. Uh, and Steve, you sent over this 10 tips to surviving uh, a crowd crush. This is from theconversation.com. Um, and so there's a, there's a number. I can go through a few of these if you want. Yeah. I don't know if we'll need all 10 of them. But this is, uh, uh, number one, keep your eyes open. Obviously, you want to uh, look around you and see if it's better to go turn back or go forward right. or go left or right. And that's what you need to do is, is take a good look around and assess the situation. It says, uh, number two, leave while you can. If the crowd thickens around you, the available space is reduced and your freedom of movement gradually diminishes. The longer you wait, the harder it will be to escape. Given this, don't hesitate to leave the highly congested area as soon as you start to feel uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, like I was just saying. Yeah. And uh, while you have enough room to move. Uh, here's the other one. Remain upright. Yeah. Uh, the most important thing is to ret- reta- is retain your balance and stay upright. In a crowd push, people are pressed so tightly together that if someone falls, they create a domino effect, like Allison was saying, uh, immediately taking down those around them. Should you fall... The weight of the other bodies will pin you to the ground oh. before you have a chance to right yourself, so you got to stay on your feet. That's like our, my worst nightmare. And that's what happens. You start to lose your feet. I remember this one surge I was in. I remember, like, my feet going, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These aren't helping anymore. I'm just kind of moving with uh, my hips were being pushed. You're being you know? swept along. Yeah. I'm feeling claustrophobic during this conversation. Like, yeah. I, I, I feel the squeeze happening around my arms. It's, it's, it's like the worst anxiety you can have. This says, uh, save your breath. This is number four. Oxygen is your most precious resource. The vast majority oh, of deaths and stampedes are caused by asphyxiation. Oh, my God. Avoid screaming unless you have to and control your breathing. Number five is uh, arms at chest level. Should the pressure become intense, fold your arms up in front of you. Like a boxer, yeah. Uh, that in that in the position, you can protect your rib cage and keep a few centimeters of space around your ribs and lungs so you can breathe. Yeah, oh, God. So you're actually pushing out, right. you know, with your with your elbows to give your your uh, chest uh, room to move. It says, "Go with the flow." When pushed, uh, our natural reflex can be to resist the pressure and push back. In a crowd crush, however, resisting will be a waste of precious energy. Instead, let yourself be carried by the flow. Or retaining your balance. Uh, number seven, it says move away from barriers. Um, the only time when the previous tip does not apply is if you're next to a wall, fence, or other solid object that you can't climb up. Uh, the first victims of a crush are often pinned against barriers, as was the case in turn in 2017. If possible, move away from any walls, pillars, and fences. Sometimes you can't, though. You can't. Yeah. You're locked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number, seven, number eight says understand the signs of density. Uh, to make good decisions, you must be able to evaluate the gravity of the situation. Uh, some rule of thumbs for estimating crowd density. It says if you have no physical contact with those around you, your density is probably still under three people per square meter. So at present, all is well. If you're bumping up against one or another or two or people around you without meaning to, uh, the density uh, must be around four or five people per square meter. No immediate danger, but you start looking away, looking yeah. for places to get out. If you can't freely move your hands uh, that, or touch your face, then that's too many people, and you got to get out of there. 
Uh, it says, in case of panic, though, uh, it's a specific situation in a crowd uh, which it rushes in the same direction to escape a real or suspected danger. Um, so in these kinds of situations, the movement of the crowd can be more dangerous than any threat, real or imagined. Take a moment to evaluate the situation and calmly move to safety. So these are things you probably know. And then it says to help each other out as well. But, um, yeah, that's something to keep in mind, especially you're, you know, protecting your, yeah. your chest and everything. Well, that, that whole, I, I can't wow. breathe, I'm, you know, that, that's, and then that's going to cause panic. Yeah. Um, hang on. Let me go to, I have, uh, Alex. Hey, Alex, good morning. Oh, Durka, Durka, Durka. Durka to you. What's up, man? What's up, guys? How you doing? Good. What's your story, dude? So uh, about 15 years ago, I want to say, I was at the Electric Factory, and uh, I guess one of the things that that venue is famous for is its barrier, and I was at a Black Label Society show, Zach Wilde's band, and we just we were getting crushed so bad, like I felt like I couldn't breathe. It was, it was <sighs> awful. So, so did you feel that you were in risk of passing out? Uh, not, not to the point of passing out, just to the point of like, just getting crushed so much that like I couldn't breathe and then my back was like in an arch shape basically. Oh, <laughs> yeah. were, were you in the pit when it happened? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, the pit was like right behind us. That's, that's what happened. And so like as people were like in that pit, in the vortex of the pit, like, like going crazy, they were like pushing against us, uh. And I was right against the barrier. I mean, I was, like, right Ooh, against it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 yeah, as I Thanks, say, the barrier is a, a, a risky proposition. I wonder if, you know, security, what their what their protocols are, if they if they signal the band, if yeah. that's part of the protocol, right, right. Uh, and tell them, you know, give them a sign or something right. like that, or if they just start yanking them and, and pulling them over the barrier. I've seen uh, that happen. I've I'm seen not, the shows where they, they just start... They start plucking people right and left. Yeah. And there was a, um, a a first-hand account of some of, of a person that was at this show, the Astro World show, that had lost consciousness. Uh, and their first-hand account was uh, they had uh, the surge came, they lost consciousness, and then apparently what had happened was uh, the crowd picked him or her. I don't know if it was yeah. a male or female. Uh, him or her up, and then basically crowd surfed that person. Oh, that's. Cool. All the way to safety, and yeah, then right. they had uh, they had come to when they were on the other side of it all. All right, here's one that you wouldn't expect. Let me go to Brittany for this one. Hi, Brittany. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Hey, what's look at you, Brit? What's up? All right. So my story is different uh, from concert. So this is about getting on a bus. You were getting on a bus, okay? Yeah. So this is back in 2018. I used to work in like the hardest inner city. Excuse the noise. I am on a bus right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was snowing that day. It was really, really snowing. And we got told at work, like, oh, you guys are going to leave at noon. And we're like, yay. But I take up a little bit to work. But unfortunately, everyone else is leaving, too. Right. And I had to get to of friends at Terminal. Okay. But the buses are running behind on time. And any time any bus showed up, crowd surge on the bus. And I'm thinking to myself, like, please don't let this happen when I'm when my bus shows up. And it happened. And my hands are up, and I'm telling people around me, like, I'm sorry. I swear I'm not pushing you. I'm just trying to get home, too. Like, this is crazy. Like, thankfully, nobody saw it. So, people, so people are nobody. shoving as you're getting on the bus to get onto the bus? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it's, And then once you get in, it was just as crammed as you could get? Yep. Wow. Yep. 
Yeah, I can imagine something yeah. like that, man. So anytime you have to go through a narrow little passageway to get somewhere. That's it, yeah. Um, that that would be, you know, and, and here you are not pushing. Your body's getting pushed by someone else, and you get pushed into them. And, of course, the person that you're pushing into thinks that you're pushing them on purpose. They're getting pissed at you. You are lucky nobody fought at that uh, at that ride. Yeah, exactly. Like, nobody thought, and I was thankful for that looking back now. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Brittany. Appreciate it. Uh, let me go next to uh, Kyle. Hey, Kyle. Hey, you guys rock. Thanks, man. What's up? So you got caught up in a crowd? Yeah, I was at the uh, Super Bowl parade, actually, and uh, luckily for me, I'm about six inches taller than most people. I'm about six, six, five, six, six. So. All right. It was really nice to be able to see everybody. However, when I'm with my five guys back in college, we're trying to get through, we're trying to get through. And I'm, I'm like, man, my feet are really cold. Even though it was a really cold day, I looked down. I didn't have any shoes anymore. Uh, <laughs> you, your shoes got lost in the crowd surge? Yeah, because of the uh, because everyone got pushing. I was, we all got stuck in the mud. Yes. So much mud. Oh, yeah, down by the, the art museum was really muddy. <laughs> Uh, it was crazy. It was, I mean, it was freaking cold, too. And so yep. like, we're trying to push. And I'm like, well, at least my friends are keeping me warm. But we end up losing one of my friends. We lost him for like four hours. We oh couldn't my. find him. And, I think, uh, dude, it was like 28 degrees that day or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was freaking terrible. Yeah, yeah. Oh my it, God. Was, it, it was so crushed. It was it was just nuts. I mean, I've never seen so many people in one spot. In my yeah, life. exactly. I don't remember hearing of anybody really getting hurt. Thanks, no, Kyle. No, no. Uh, but I do remember, yeah, the mud kind of kept us going from uh, from certain spots. We're like, mm, we can't go in there. Like, right. This yeah. is way too nasty. Uh, but, yeah, lost his shoes getting stuck in the muck. Uh, I will go next to Molly. Hey, Molly, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. What's up, Molly? Good. Um, so I have a story. Um, we were actually in New York City for the ball drop, and it was both of our first times, and I was with my husband, and we were in line, and then out of nowhere, people just started pushing each other. Oof. And so we're trapped like in between like the barbells and everything or whatever you call them. And I just remember like screaming out loud because like I was getting crushed into somebody else and my boyfriend was getting crushed into me. And I remember like slipping down and like, I remember like seeing like a bunch of kids were crying and people were yelling, like, stop pushing, stop pushing. And then um, my husband was trying to keep me up, but, like, you know, you're doing so much walking that. It's got to be incredibly traumatic to, yeah. to go through. I tell people all the time, you know, having, you know, grown up in New York and have gone a few times, never again. It's not worth going yeah. down. It's, it's too much. And besides that, when, you're, when they put you in place... You can't mm-hmm. leave to go to the bathroom. You got to no, stay where you, you are. Yeah. Well, I wore a diaper because I was pregnant and decided to go, thinking oh it was going to be a romantic oh trip. But, <laughs> you know, that it didn't turn out that way. Oh, my no. God. Happy yeah. New Year. <laughs> yeah, wear a diaper. I have a catheter. I'm all good to go for Thanks, fun. Colin. Yeah, whenever they show those over, uh, over overhead shots yeah. of that, I'm like, no, no. way. No. Forget it, Nothing dude. says romantic trip like a diaper in a crowd. <laughs> right. <laughs> I I wore my lace diaper for you. Ooh. (laughs) Is that your New Year's diaper? It's a romance. Just a little butt crack. (laughs) I'm pissing right now. Oh, my God. God. I'm seeing you here with the fireworks and the lights, and I'm just pissing like a buffalo. Look at me. I want eye contact while this is happening. I'm looking at you, but I'm feeling steam around my loins. From, you know, from the piss. Right. Oh, I crapped. 
I didn't even plan on that. Oh. Bonus. Happy New Year. Uh, oh, the romance died when she slid the diaper on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, here's That's one. when you've committed to no romance. Here's a crowd surge at something you wouldn't expect. Let me let me go to Tom. Hey, Tom, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. You work. Thank you work, Tom. What's up, bud? Uh, we, the Pope came to Philadelphia several years ago. My wife and I and our kids, who were probably 13 and 14, went down, took the train in from the suburbs, did the whole walk with the masses, pardon the pun, yeah. get over to the parkway, and we lined up right along the fence. We were about eight hours early, so we were able to get right by the fence on the parkway where the, the road is, not up by the stage. And he was about eight hours later as he came by. He was a little bit delayed. And, you know, all the uh, grandmothers and everybody were pushing so hard to try and get a view of him driving by that myself and two other gentlemen had to brace, interlock our arms and brace them against the fences and the railings to put our kids on the inside. Oh, because wow. Were, because there was such a surge from right. the, middle of the middle of the parkway, people pushing to get to the edge to see him drive by. So, you know, so at, Tom, at you, you made like a human cage around your kids. Correct. Huh. Just, to, just to brace them out. Our wives were you know, getting a little bit panicky, and, but you know, yeah. there were people getting ready to have a fist fight to see the Pope drive by. Mm. Now, Tom, uh, uh, throughout history, the various popes have hired the Hell's Angels for security. <laughs> at time at Altamont. Yeah, I remember that. Altamont was a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> they should put a video out so people can brace for the Pope. All right. All right. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate Thank it. Uh, let me go to another one because Dave's been on hold for a long time. Uh, so let's get to him. Hi, Dave. Good morning, sir. Yes, how you doing, bitches? Dave! What's up, bitch? <laughs> Congratulations, too. Oh, oh, thank you. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. What do you want to share with us? What show were you at? I've been dying to, to tell this story for so many years, and I never had the opportunity. Um, I took my son to a 30 Seconds to Mars concert. I believe it was the Electric, electric Factory. Yeah. Okay. I've never seen it. I've been, I've been to many concerts. I used to work for uh, a lot of the Philly venues. I was able to get up close many times. I've been squashed many times at a Stones concert, et cetera. Yeah. But this was a really weird thing. They had this internal kind of like mosh pit, and it would move. Like they would start out on the left side, and then it would gradually get bigger. It would get smaller, and it got so bad, I got scared. I, I literally was scared. I went to the front door. I talked to the security guys. I said, do you know what's going on in there? I said, people are actually getting hurt because they were pushing and shoving, and it was almost like it was part of the show, basically. Huh. And the guy says, uh, did you read this, the warning signs before you came in? And they had these you know, little pieces of paper from a printer that you know, just basically said, Beware. <laughs> Beware. And it was, yeah, I mean, you know, basically, you know, be cautious that these things occur during the show, you know, and, but, you know, it, who reads that before they go into an event? But Dave, did you but, find out if that, if that's something that is like part of the thing yeah. at a 30 to right. Mar, you know, it, it 30 was. seconds of Mars show where they, they pick, they kind of do that on purpose? It was. Okay. I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a whole thing with huh. the crowd that follows them. And, you know, I didn't know this. You know, my son just liked 30 seconds. It was a great show. Yeah. Um, but well, maybe that's meant to replicate great. space travel uh, that you're just floating around <laughs> yeah, 30 seconds to Mars. <laughs> uh, that, I've never heard of that. Yeah, it was really bizarre. But I've got a really, I even got a better story. I was in a severe car accident in 78. I was in a hospital for like six months. I went through the windshield, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I get out. They, my family threw a surprise party for me. And 
after things died down, uh, I was able to talk to some of the people I hadn't seen in years. And I was telling this, I, I met this one guy I hadn't seen in a long time. And he was, he was in a wheelchair. And I said, what happened to you? He says, oh, man, I went to a, a concert at the Spectrum. And I was in the, I was on the second level with all my, you know, with all the guys and the people started pushing and shoving and I was against the rail. And the next thing you know, I went over the rail. He said, I was hanging from the second level, screaming at the top of my lungs. And this was all before the concert started when, you know, they were throwing Frisbees and the balls and everything beforehand. And he said it was so loud that nobody can hear me. And he says, I couldn't, I was hanging for like 10 minutes. I couldn't hang any longer. I had to let go. He fell from the second level into into the seats below. Luckily, he didn't hit anybody because, like I said, it was before the show. But he he got busted up really bad, ended up in a wheelchair. I think I remember this story. I don't think Clay Aiken even went on that night, right? (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? The one thing you guys never talk about is the Philly fans. And a lot of times, you know, Philly's pretty crazy. My uncle was out in California for a couple years and he called me up one time, I think it was in 78, he says, hey, man, I know you went to the Stones concert. How did you like Peter Tosh? And I said, well, I was really digging him until about the second song when somebody hit him with a football. And he, they basically oh, we've threw talk- him off the stage. Yeah, we've talked about this. We, 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 yeah, we've been doing we've been for decades here. We, yeah, we, we've talked about the Philly the fans. And, and a lot of times I think Philly fans are unfairly maligned. But, you know, sometimes there's it's it's well-deserved, but... Yeah, as, yeah, but to boo, to boo Peter Tosh, Peter Tosh off the... You don't boo Peter Tosh. not. Not in this Down city. In not on my watch. Not in California. Oh, not my in California. He said he listened to them for like an hour long. He said it was, it was the greatest reggae thing he ever wow. saw. And yet he got clocked in the face with a football. One last thing. You can- All right, Dave, uh, we you got to make it quick. Come on, bud. One last thing. When they booed Neil Young off the stage when he came out with the Pinkettes and Rockabilly. What about it? Do you remember that? No, no. I don't. I'm trying to forget. Well, I blocked it out. Dave. He would do an acoustic set, then he would do an electric set. All right, Dave, were there, people, were there people in the crowd getting crushed at that? Yes. Oh, my, really? What happened was he did the acoustic <laughs> set, which everybody expected, and then he would do the electric set after, right. after a break. Yep. Well, when he came out to do the electric set, they, they all were wearing pink tuxedos, and they started playing rockability. And by the second song, they started booing. By the third song, they started throwing stuff. And before you know it, we were all just trying to get to an exit, and we were getting crushed trying to leave the spectrum. That's weird. Yeah, that's I don't remember that story. No. Interesting. Yeah, well. That happened and happened in Philly. All right, Dave. Appreciate it, man. You've been around, dude. All right, guys. Rock on. Stop getting crushed. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. stop that. Yeah, stop with the crushing. Uh, Interesting. Some people are concurring with the uh, uh, 30 Seconds of Mars thing. Somebody texted and said they saw him in Atlantic City, and and it was similar to that. So I didn't know that. And then this real quick, and then we got to take a break. And I, I have seen this before. Text from somebody says, I went to Japan, and they have a person that actually pushes people into the trains to get yes. more people in. Like, they show wow. I've heard about in. that. Oh, I've yeah. seen videos of right. it. It's crazy. Are they, like, sumo-sized? Do we know? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just look like regular normal people, human yeah. beings. But their their gig is to, to wedge people yeah. oh, in there uh, to make sure they get as many. We're looking at a video right now. Kathy, look at this. The, the guy's, like, dr- pushing. Oh, my God. That is ridiculous. Squ- <laughs> trying to keep the door open so they can squeeze <laughs> one more guy in. Oh, my God. 
window. Could you imagine? <gasps> and his face is pressed up against the glass. That is we're, awful. We're watching that video right now. Wow. My All right. It's insane. Anyhow, um, well, this is... Take the next train. Obviously, this is a, this is a huge tragedy of uh, all these people being killed at this uh, Travis Scott, this Astroworld concert. And, uh, you know, but when stuff like this happens, you, you hopefully uh, they can put protocols in place. Something. And stuff to, to minimize anything like that from ever happening again. But there will be more on this as the um, uh, the days play out. So uh, thanks for your calls. Appreciate it. we got to take a break. We'll come back in a second. When we come back, the Bizarre File is coming up. And we have an announcement to pass along to you. We think you'll appreciate it. Stay with us. Be right back. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I think we're going to lead this segment with an announcement. And we got some details for you about an event that is on the way. This event will be taking place Friday, December 17th. And we are happy to announce it is the return of the Preston and Steve Christmas Miracle! Doing it once again, friends. It's the most. And this will be, like I said, on a Friday, December 17th. And we are headed back to the 360 Lounge inside Parks Casino. I love that place. I do, too. So they had changed into a uh, sporting venue for a while. And now it's back to the 360 Lounge, which we had our uh, Christmas miracle there for years. We went into the Excite Center last time. Um, and still, since we're, you know, we're working on crowds getting a little bit larger as we go along, we're going to do this one in 360, which is awesome because the layout of that club is absolutely perfect for this event. It turns out our Christmas miracle is more popular than sports. Uh, and what's great, too, is the bar is right, yeah, there right there in the very front, and it makes it very accessible if you feel like having yourself a cocktail at that hour which of the day. Many people do. That they do. And, in fact, the whole thing is sponsored by... Miller Lite, the ugly sweater edition of our Christmas Miracle. So, yes, we will have the ugly sweater contest taking place. Uh, They've provided me with a few ugly sweaters over the years. You will have to win your way into the studio audience. You want to listen to win on air or enter for a chance to win 
at a Miller Lite pre-party that we'll be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, only the seat winner will be eligible for Christmas Miracle Prizes. Winners and guests must be at least 21 years of age to attend. So if you're not familiar, if you're fairly new to the Preston and Steve show, uh, the Christmas Miracle is uh, something we do towards the end of the year where we just give away tons of prizes. Yes, and That's basically we it. ask you trivia questions. We like to go for fans of our show... Uh, who have been around for a while. It's kind of a, uh, a loyalty bonus, if yes. you will. And we will ask trivia questions about our show. And correct answers end up winning some really cool packages and cash prizes and all kinds of things. You get stuff just for being there and being in the audience. And yeah. then on top, you get a shot at winning some pretty awesome stuff. That's true. We hand out some uh, some gift bags and things like yeah. that. So we'll have details on what all is going to be in that as we get a little bit closer to the event. You can click on events. At WMMR.com for info, including dates and locations for the Miller Light pre-party. So, event number one is going to be Friday the 12th. So, that's this coming Friday. Uh, and it will be at Bailey's Bar and Grill in Levittown. So, you want to stop by there from 6 to 8 p.m. and your opportunity to win a pass to be a uh, seat, a uh, you know potential contestant. Love it. Love it. Good at wings. The Christmas Miracle. And they have great wings there? Yes. Excellent. All right. So, Friday, December 17th. Set aside the date, 360 inside Park Casino. Invite only. You got to win to get in. And those details are uh, coming up soon on that. And you go to it's a Christmas Miracle. Yes. Yeah. So Woo-hoo. I'm excited that's happening again. I just bought the uh, the Griswold, you know, uh, house and the little uh, the decorations, Preston. It's a big thing this year, and I'm a sucker. So I bought the house. I bought Cousin Eddie's, you know, RV and the whole thing. It lights up, and you can put it on a table. So, Aww. Yes. Nice. Of course, I'm, I'm, and it'll, it's probably a, a piece of crap, but I ordered it because I love it. I am so in on Christmas and so excited for the Christmas miracle this year because it's just uh, like b- being at the camp out the way we had it, going back towards normalcy and seeing yeah. smiling faces and everything. It was great. Yep. So there it is. Put it on the calendar, December 17th, a Friday. Let's do the B5. No. Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. All right, it's brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. You can download the DraftKings app and use the code ROCK to get in on the action. We are going to start with a story out of Looneyville, West Virginia. Looneyville. Boy, does this make sense. A man in Looneyville allegedly killed his father-in-law with a leaf blower during a dispute over a pig. So how do you kill someone with a leaf blower? You beat him to death with it. Oh, see, there we go. Andrew, That's something I didn't think about. Franklin Bush and his father-in-law, William Greathouse, were attempting to lift a caged pig onto the bed of a truck when the cage fell to the ground. As a result, the men began to fight. Witnesses reportedly observed Bush and Greathouse shouting obscenities at each other as they punched each other. <laughs> Bush apparently punched Greathouse so hard he knocked his glasses off. And as Greathouse hit back in response, Bush grabbed the leaf blower and swung the device at Greathouse's head. Greathouse was later found by police on the bed of the pickup truck. Uh, He was still unconscious, not breathing, and beginning to turn blue in the face and hands. The victim also had an obvious indention in his forehead that had a small open laceration. Look, the leaf blower fits right in here. In the complaint, Bush stated that he, quote, was mad and felt like he wanted to hurt Great House, uh-huh. but he was sorry for what he did and that hitting Great House with the leaf blower was too excessive. Looney, looney, looney. It's in Looneyville. 
Uh, Great House later died after the incident. Uh, meanwhile, Bush has since been arrested and charged with second-degree murder and malicious assault. He's currently being held on a $100,000 bond. In Looneyville. Yep, that's where Looney, Looney, Looney. That stand by me? It is stand, stand by, by me. me. It's one of Casey's favorite lines. <laughs> uh, a Dutch man had to undergo reconstructive surgery on his penis. Oh, no. After a cobra bit his manhood oh. during a safari trip in South Africa, causing, oh, causing it to rot. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh, dear God. Yep. A rotten cobra penis. The 47-year-old victim suffered oh scrotal necrosis. <gasps> oh, I don't like that. After the cold-blooded serpent, which was lurking in the toilet bowl, attacked him. No, this is awful. Uh, In what the medical journal journal described as the first case of, quote, snouted cobra envenomation of the genitals, the unidentified man had to wait three hours before he was flown by helicopter to the nearest trauma center some 220 miles away. I would have run. The medical report said his penis and scrotum were noted to be swollen, deep purple in color, and painful on hospital admission. Oh. Scrotal necrosis was diagnosed, and he received multiple doses of a non-specific snake venom anti-serum. Dad, can I talk to you for a minute? And broad-spectrum <laughs> antibiotics. <laughs> The man reported vomiting and a burning sensation, oh as well as pain that shot up from his groin into the abdomen and upper chest, oh. though he developed no neurological symptoms during the ordeal. This is, this is no way to have your penis fall off. He required hemodialysis due to acute kidney injury before undergoing reconstructive surgery. The scrotal necrosis was reported to involve the entire fascia, which is skin to internal spermatic. Oh, my God. And was excised with extensive margins. Primary closure was performed, leaving a drain. Uh, Apparently, after nine days, the patient was uh, repatriated to the Netherlands. A plastic surgeon later performed a penile shaft debridement with extensive resection, uh, resection of dead tissue... Uh, extending to the corpus spongiasm. Right, right next to the Dongatopia. To the fold of... <laughs> it was a Disney movie, I think. Yep. Dongatopia. Of, of perputium. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a graft from the groin was then placed over the penis, and he has made a full recovery. Yeah. Okay. So you gotta, you gotta give him that. So, so what, is, what does he have? Do they describe what he has between his legs right now? Uh, no. Okay. No, it's uh, it's a, a, a an implant. Okay. You know, so I don't know how well he's doing in that. And, and cigarette lighter. Department, yeah. <laughs> Upgrade. Uh, Jamie Melmick says she couldn't believe her eyes <laughs> as a moose smashed into a schoolroom located directly across the hallway from her son's daycare. Why don't you forget the moose? Yes. For a moment. Uh, this was at uh, Sylvia Fedoric School in Saskatoon. <laughs> Her son spotted the moose running outside and was excited to see the huge animal at his school. Moose! Suddenly, the moose ran through a large glass window in a community room and eventually slumped to the ground in shock. Uh, the the hell dis- happened? Despite the chaos, Melnick... That was like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Where'd that one come what? from? <laughs> Is that a moose? That's a moose. Oh. Oh. Listen to that thing go. Play it again. <laughs> it's very Stallone. It's like Stallone. <laughs> What's that I hear on the roof? <laughs> I got more. No, that's a bear. 
That's yeah. a bear. That is a bear. It's a yeah. bear moose. Go, yeah. Go back to the uh, to the moose. Uh, so she said, uh, I was very calm about Rocky, it. Rocky, are you okay in there? <laughs> it didn't really. <laughs> Don't talk to me. <laughs> I have some bad clams. <laughs> it didn't phase me as much as it probably should have. She said the moose broke into the room just before 9 a.m. as a before the school program was wrapping up in the morning. Immediately, Melnick said the room supervisor gathered up the children in the room and got them to safety. Uh, she snapped the picture of the young moose as it laid down near the classroom's door, dazed oh. from the experience. I, I, I find them fascinating. We're looking at, at the picture of the moose in the room, and yeah. it's, uh, but even as a small one, as a yes. young one, it's enormous. Yep. Um, River. Uh, no, River. No one was uh, seriously <laughs> injured, uh, and one student sustained minor injuries but did not need medical help. <laughs> Uh, within about 45 minutes, conservation officers had tranquilized the moose and brought the unconscious animal outside. Uh, the moose was in good condition good. and released outside of the city. So. Why don't you forget the moose? Yes. <laughs> For a moment. <laughs> you can... It's just outrageous. Wait, there's a little more. I want to hear this. Same one. Oh, is it? <laughs> a little more. <laughs> Listen to the, uh, to the chamber, the sound of that empty. The yeah. size of that, you know, there's almost like a subwoofer quality to yeah. it. Well, there yeah. was a third one that it, he was kind of like unsure. He was like, rah, and then rah, and then he's like, well, I don't know. Hang on. Right there. Oh, that last one. Yeah, he's like, rah. Yeah, and screw it. Yeah. <laughs> ah, hell, I don't know. All right, and that's it. That's what I have in uh, the bizarre file for you. All right, let's take a break and come back in a moment. Don't forget, we're going to have actor Daniel Roebuck, who's going to be playing... Grandpa Munster in the Munsters movie, which is uh, directed by Rob Zombie, and Daniel's an old friend of the show, so we're looking forward to talking to him about that. We'll be back in a second. Stay with us. You know, we couldn't do the Camp Out for Hunger without all our sponsors. They make it happen. We couldn't do it without them. 93.3 WMMR. Highlighting our valued partners, the local businesses who donate products and services that help make Camp Out for Hunger happen. Hi, this is Valerie Camillo, President of Business Operations for the Philadelphia Flyers and the Wells Fargo Center. All of us here at the Flyers and Wells Fargo Center are so proud to support Camp Out for Hunger. Preston and Steve and the crew... Set up and broadcasting from outside the arena fires us when we come to work every day. Almost every night, we host thousands of Philly sports fans in our arena, and we know how much the city cares about our teams and our community. That's what Field's all about, sticking up for each other and looking out for one another. So thanks, guys, for all you do. Go Flyers. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger. Find out how you can make a difference at WMMR.com. This message brought to you by DellAutoGroup.com, where Jack really does sell them for less. Uh, you know what? So normally we do the Connoisseur segment on Friday, but uh, we were quite busy at the Camp Out for Hunger. We didn't get to do that. It's time for an early week edition of the Connoisseur because we couldn't do it at the Camp Out for Hunger, but there's a lot of food stories. Well, and sometimes they... they they kind of um, uh, they they time out and then and then I lose the story and then we never get to it. They, as they say in the food business, go bad. That's right. Yeah, exactly. By the way, real quick before we do this, so so Friday at uh, at Camp Out for Hunger, um, when when I came in for uh, the show this morning, I ran into Ray Coob who was doing overnights. And do you know what Ray Coob's favorite part of the whole week was? What was on Friday? 
the froggy performance. <laughs> the froggy. Yeah. He's like, man, they were so great. He's like, they, I, 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 you know, they were even better. You know, he's just going on. He's like, I, I love those girls. They were so awesome. So it was great to hear Koo. Koo's big fan. And we going are, on about yeah. Froggy. I thought it was awesome. All right. So I'm going to start this connoisseur segment with two words for you. Gravy Fountain. Gravy Fountain. Did I have you at Gravy Fountain? Yes. I've had. Okay. So. Isn't that what Cortez was looking for? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Bes- besides the Fountain of Youth, which may be a gravy fountain for all we know. But you've seen the chocolate fountain. You've seen uh, cheese. You know, the queso yeah. fountain. Mm-hmm. This is that, but with gravy. All right. Quick question. Yes. Are we talking gravy gravy? Or are we talking Italian sauce gravy? Oh, good Oh, question. no. We're talking gravy gravy. gravy. Right, we're, not, we're, not ta- we're not talking Italian, you know, pasta sauce right, gravy. No, right. This is like, this is for turkey and... Stuff like that. Mashed potatoes. So, and gravy. Here's what you <laughs> Cranberry sauce. I got it. Wait. Give me a second. I'll find it. Wait, what is that from? It's Little Richard. It's Little Richard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here we go. Mashed yeah. cranberry sauce. Oh, look out. Look out. Yeah. Help me. Somebody help me. Mashed potatoes, gravy, and cranberry sauce. <laughs> That's the one. So it's essentially, now I don't know where this came from. This is an article I stumbled across in a suggestion from a columnist. Uh, that said you just use one of those electric tabletop fountains okay. that you may have encountered at weddings and parties or Golden Corral, yeah. uh, and you fill it up with gravy. But you have to be careful. There's a couple things you got to keep in mind. Uh, yeah, I think there are some issues. If your gravy recipe contains herbs, mushrooms, or other delicious chunkage, the solids need to be strained out so as not <sighs> to gum up the works. I'm going to punch a hole in this then because I think the, I think the application of gravy is not suited to a gravy fountain. I think when you're pouring gravy on something, you use, I think a gravy boat is the best well, tool, Well, now this is not for pouring things onto your plate. This yeah. is for taking, like, uh, meatballs or vegetables on skewers. And getting a little and gravy. dipping them All underneath right. them. All right, mm-hmm. all right. I, I like this idea. <laughs> I love chicken gravy so much, I could just eat it by the spoonful. Wow, is, chicken gravy? You don't want to use gravy. a fork, though. No. Okay. I, that would, no, a fork would totally defeat the purpose, Steve. But... A giant spoon? Yeah. I mean, I could eat, um, like, rice and chicken gravy as a meal. Would you bob for meatballs in a bowl of gravy? <laughs> uh, yeah. Think about it. I probably would. <laughs> Can I wear goggles? Wait, yeah, bob for meatballs and gravy? Yeah. If it is not too hot, I would certainly do that. <laughs> All right. Have a face full of gravy. I How think about we, have a, we have a, a stunt for this week. Maybe. You just reminded me. I just watched The Office last week, and they were doing bobbing for apples, and the one girl was bobbing in there, and they thought she had passed out because her head was in the thing for so long. Right. And when they pulled her out, she goes, four. I ate four whole apples. Oh. <laughs> she thought she had to eat the apples while she was in there. Back to you, Preston. So the suggestions that I saw on uh, in the article, at least the pictures, were uh, taken like a roasted... Um, Roasted. Uh, <laughs> uh, roasted uh, Brussels sprouts and things like that that oh. you could put oh. on a skewer. Oh. Like that. Dip them under the gravy, right? Yes, do you right. like, do, but like let me this. ask you, do, as a gravy man, and you're known as the gravy man, and, and at least in uh, you know where you live, your town. Gravy man. Yeah. Uh, the gravy man of Harleysville. <laughs> hey, yo, gravy man! <laughs> do you, I'm Tuna Lady, your gravy man. <laughs> do you like a more full-bodied gravy that would have chunks in it? Yeah, oh, for sure. Uh, and this is not for you. Yeah, yeah. No, but no, I bet I don't, I'm not uh, okay. anti this at okay. all. I think, I think, it, now we're looking at a picture of somebody trying it, to it looks pull like caramel. Off. It doesn't look like it's working very well. Well, they don't have enough gravy in there, that's why. Maybe. Because you can see in the bottom Or it's too part. thick, I don't yeah. know. It looks like a scene from the reanimator. Uh, so, should your gravy preference tend toward the thick end of the spectrum, you may 
Uh, this may not be that ideal uh, for you. Yeah, here we go. But if you're willing to give it a go, you can thin out your gravy with additional liquid, not plain old water, though. You want to heat up some stock, milk, wine, uh, pot liquor, which I don't know what that is, or whatever is flavor appropriate to your recipe. Pot and slowly whisk that into the warm gravy until it drips easily from a spoon. Uh, while it's perfectly safe to run the gravy fountain for a few hours, the gravy temperature does hover around 105 to 110 degrees Fahrenheit, a little cooler uh, then is what is considered to be food safety temperature, so keep it flowing for under two hours, they recommend. I, I think I need to be able to get at least six hours out of my gravy fountain. I am so happy uh, that we did our camp out for hunger a little earlier this year because this weekend I started thinking about Thanksgiving nice. feast. And I'm ready this time around because we're always amping up for, for camp out, so our, our efforts are usually tuned towards that. I think I'm going to play around between now and Thanksgiving. I'm going to play around with some recipes of things I haven't quite cooked for that feast. Like what? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to look up some recipes. I'm going to go on Food Network and find some things that, that uh, maybe I haven't done before. Because you never, ever, ever want to try a recipe mm-hmm. you've never done before, you've never made before for a gathering. That's you what I'll be doing all day on Thanksgiving. You don't want to do that. I'm cooking Thanksgiving dinner for the first time in my entire existence. For the whole family? For the whole family. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Everything? You have time between now and then to maybe do a couple practice runs. A little mm. R&D, man. So what I found out uh, over the weekend is that my wife actually doesn't like uh, <laughs> she hates, me. She, she loves me. She just oh. doesn't like me. <laughs> okay. Uh, but she also doesn't like turkey, uh, the, the stuffing that's made in the turkey. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's what I prefer. So now I have right. to make two different stuffings. All right. Not not uncommon. No. We'll still have top top stuff is stupid easy. Yeah. It is real easy. You'll be all right making two versions. Like you, Preston, Pre- uh, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday, and I can't wait for it this year. I'm, I'm also glad that uh, we've, we've finished camp out already. And for the first time in more than two years, my entire family is getting together for Thanksgiving this year. Wow. So brothers, my, my parents, significant others, and uh, I can't wait for it. You know, and just to be able to uh, sit down. Are you making anything? Room, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna make some stuff too, and and my mom is my mom's like the head uh, chef on most things, yeah. but it's not at her house, so she sort of has to default to uh, mm. my my sister in law because it's her home. Okay. Oh, you guys oh. are going to Virginia? We're going to Virginia. Yeah, nice. we're gonna drive down 81, which is the worst road on the planet. By the way, mm. if anybody has any interesting suggestions for uh, recipes, send them over. Yeah. Me, you could have idea. a connoisseur. You can email me. Endorsed Thanksgiving yeah. recipe. Maybe, maybe. If you have any really Easy recipes that take almost no effort. Send those to me. Or Five ingredients or less to Kathy. <laughs> Kathy, like, that could be packed easily in like a freeze-dried container and mailed to you completed. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that would be that fine, would be too. awesome. Okay. DoorDash.com, like, Kathy. And listen, I'm at like, I mean, me, like 30 minutes, like at the most. If it takes longer than that, I'm out. Okay. Wow. Whereas, we know. had our Friendsgiving over the weekend. Because oh. it was uh, just the only weekend all of our friends could get together. Uh, if anyone would like a recipe for Jello shot Thanksgiving dinners, I got gotcha. you. Oh, that's, that's like thirty minutes or less. <laughs> it had like a celery in it, like oh, celery ew. juice, um, oh. a little turkey gravy, some mashed potato. This is, fun. <laughs> this is <laughs> Kathy. I want you to try my um, my cranberry sauce. Cranberries. Why well, tasted it? It was good. And yeah, it's she does. So great. Cranberry easy sauce. to make. Oh, okay. I'm maybe I'll sh- do that. I'm going to send you the recipe. All right. Because it looks fancy, but it's not hard to make. Okay. Let's get cranberries. So I can get a wood chipper. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what else we have? How about? All right. Let's go with a record breaker. Oh. Uh, this story. I almost put it in the bizarre file last week, but I didn't get a chance to do that. Uh, Colin and Donna Craig Brown were weeding their garden in New Zealand. When Colin's hose struck something huge just beneath the soil, 
The couple knelt down, dug around the object. Colin wondered uh, whether it was some kind of strange fungal growth. It was a giant puffball. After he pried it out with his garden fork, he scratched away a bit of the skin and tasted it. And it was a potato, and it is potentially the largest potato in the world. Do you, when you find something in the dirt in your yard, is your first inclination to taste it? No. Okay. This was their garden. (laughs) Oh, this is their garden. So uh, when the couple lugged it to their garage, they put it on their set of scales, and it weighed in at 17.4 pounds. 17-pound potato. That is equal to a couple of sacks of regular potatoes or a small dog. Wow, it looks like uh, an, like an aborted baboon. Oh. Well, it's it's a really strange... It's, yeah, it's, it's an odd shape. Kind of actually, Steve, if... You uh, see the, the lion wal- in there, don't you? If the walrus were the, um, the thinker, yeah, the thinker, right? Yes. you know you make a good Rodan. point. Casey. Yeah, uh, um, I agree. So what? What are the <laughs> traditional ways to cook potatoes, Casey? Do Do you know? <laughs> I think uh, you can French fry them. What do you can can, boil them? You, you can, can boil, boil them, them. You can mash them. Yeah. I mean, you can stick them in a stew. I yeah. didn't understand what you were talking <laughs> about. What he was going for. Yes. <laughs> I got it. Uh, but you can French fry yeah, them. You can julienne yeah. them. Imagine if, imagine if Samwise had suggested you, well, you can julienne cut them. You can French fry them. No, so what is French fry? <laughs> uh, I got to find it. How rotten? You. What does that mean? <laughs> Not the dialogue you expected. What? What is it? Middle Earth. How rotten? Uh, in the weeds. Ash brown. <laughs> In the weeks, uh, and this is in New Zealand, by the it way, is. where they built the hobbits. Potatoes. Yeah. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Uh, in the weeks, since the unusual fine on August 30th, the uh, couple's potato has become something of a celebrity around their small farm near Hamilton, and they've named the potato Doug, by the way. Wow. Uh, which is how they unearthed it. They oh. dug it up, yeah. It looks okay. like, uh, so who's, who, what's the guy's name? Uh, his name is uh, Colin. Okay. Colin, like he's even, had sex with this thing. Even built a small cart to tow Doug around on. He's my potato call. Yeah, that's what he made, apparently. So 17.4 pounds. Doug, you need to talk to someone. Could be the largest potato, potato oh. in the world. Yeah. All right. It's, yeah. It, no. It's it's it is a weird thing. I, I told you that out of nowhere we had a pumpkin growing in our garden. Yeah. And sometimes those little, like a fully formed pumpkin. Yeah. A big mother. Yeah. I I always leave my pumpkins out and let them rot the and hope that will it, go, Yes, <laughs> I think that's what happened, Kathy. You have to have if you had fertile soil, it probably would. You know, it's got to get right into the soil. We our, have terrible soil. Our yeah. whole, entire neighborhood, it's like clay. It's disgusting. We're the opposite. Our soil is like a. We had a, a, a flower garden, you know, laid out because our, our garden is in in the sun the whole day, and the woman came back who's helping to maintain it. And she said, I've never seen a garden grow this fast. Wow. Uh, but it is, yeah, it all depends. You're right, Preston. It depends on the soil. Yeah. All right, I have uh, one more connoisseur story here. Uh, it's about mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. We were just having a loving conversation about mac and cheese. Uh, who was having a conversation? We were talking about it, and I said that I actually prefer when it is burnt, when it is a little bit overcooked. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's some standard agreements, uh, ingredients. Of course, there's pasta, there's milk, there's cheddar. Uh, but how about raisins? Uh, <laughs> Nick? Uh, you like raisins. Uh, no. I'm no? All right. No? Viral TikTok recipe. TikToker uh, Texas Kitchen 1 has reached over 7.7 million views on a 34-second video of mac and cheese. 
uh, that she made for her husband. Atop the cheese, she sprinkled on some raisins. Oh, I saw this video. Which I... has resulted in... Those were raisins? Some pretty strong reactions across TikTok. I thought... She, I, I swear to God, I saw this video and I didn't listen uh, to the sound. I thought it was uh, chocolate chips. No. Okay. There were raisins. Hmm. Uh, and so the chef's... Hundreds of other videos have accumulated over 1.7 million followers on TikTok and over 150,000 followers on Instagram. So she's still winning in the cooking community of social media. But the raisins are contentious. Comments on her video include, you lost me at raisins. I had a smile on my face until raisins came in. And uh, one commenter approved of the ingredient, or hardly one commenter approved of the ingredient. Uh, then there was Twitter, where the video has also been trending for a hot minute as well. It's got uh, but, raisins in it. You like raisins. Uh, to be fair, this isn't the first time such a recipe has caused internet debate. Last year, Drake's 34th birthday menu went viral after it included mac and cheese with sun-dried tomatoes, capers, parsley, and raisins in it. <laughs> no. <laughs> capers and raisins? I'm not. Yeah. My uh, my knee-jerk reaction is not um, horror. I, I just I just want to see how, how it would... Um, how it would blend. Things God. that I, I was sure I would not like, I, I have liked. This gave me, like, PTSD. When I was a kid, oh, no. <laughs> and I was in grade school, and the lunch was always questionable. This is when I, we lived in South Carolina for a handful of years. And at Pinecrest Elementary School, <laughs> they would serve things like lima beans and other disgusting things that you didn't want to eat. But they Stuff had, they could get in bulk. They had this salad that was essentially... It was shredded carrots and raisins. Uh. And I don't know, what some kind of dressing that held it oh. together, like mayonnaise or yeah. something like that. Glue. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that is something. Oh. Dressing that held it together. It was repulsive. And I, was it sweet? I wouldn't even try. You know, I tried tasting a little bit of it, and it was so foreign to me, and it looked it looked wrong. Whose recipe it was it? wrong. As the, you know, the, the lunch mustachioed lady. lunchwoman? There's a there's a picture of one right there. Yeah, yeah. there's several I, recipes for carrot raisin salad on, right. on the interwebs. I feel I was like it's not familiar with that. I feel like it's sweet. Uh, it's a sweet salad. I actually have really negative thoughts. It just like if I were to speak to a therapist Cow. about it, like that would yeah, <laughs> that goes back to a negative thought from uh-huh. my from Pre- my Preston. grade school. <laughs> one day you walk, you'll happen by like a payphone. It'll ring. You'll pick it up. The carrot salad's waiting for you, Preston. <laughs> and your Manchurian candidate switch gets flicked. Uh, I'll I, bet you there's some repressed memory that I have right? that it, that has something to do with that, and I can't quite put my finger on about why that makes me feel so uncomfortable. When are I you a fan of carrot that. cake? I love it. Oh my God. I love, love carrot cake. cake. And I love carrots. I love roasted carrots. I love carrots with all kinds of stuff. You can boil them. You can mash You them. can stick them in a stew, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know what? I, here's what I'll do. I'll go back and I'll... Let's see what's in this recipe, Nick. All right, A lot of cups, sugar. Shredded carrots. Uh, sugar. Half cup of raisins. Quarter cup of mayonnaise. Oh. No, I two, like mayo. Two tablespoons of sugar and two to three tablespoons uh, of uh, 2% milk. Now, listen, I've had sweet mayonnaise in... Sweet, sweet mayonnaise. <laughs> 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 In recipes before, we have this uh, this thing called seven layer salad, yeah. and uh, one of the one it's of the white one of the ingredients is um, mayonnaise that has been mixed with uh, with sugar, and that actually tastes pretty good. 
Uh, I told Maybe you. I need to take this out first. My mother, time. as a Southern cook, would make my favorite mashed potatoes of all time. I've never had them as good as the way my mother used to make them. But she would put a little bit of mayonnaise in yeah. the mashed potatoes to it whip them up nicely. Creaminess, yeah. yep, to it. But hang on a second. Let me go to Nick. Hi, Nick. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, Nick? Hey, they actually sell that salad at Chick Fil A. They sell it at Chick Fil A. And that's a southern it is. based restaurant, huh. so maybe, yeah. and I think it's out of Georgia, maybe. Um, I, I don't know where it came. My grandmother used to make it. I used to like it when she made it. Really? The Chick-fil-A one, uh, it's not as good. Not as okay. good as Grandma, as Gum not Gum. As grandma, but. Thanks. Hi, Grandma. Hi, Grandma. Hey. Um, <laughs> All right, uh, thanks, it's, Nick. It's Appreciate weird. it. It's weird, yeah. All, yeah right. Uh, all right, stuff you would not think would, would jive together well, but look at this. You know what? Maybe it's something I need to come to terms with. To me, the raisin thing was always part of ambrosia. Ambrosia, right? You know the. Um, was, Is there raisin? In yeah, the ones the way I'd have ambrosia. My neighbor would always make it. That was my first introduction. There were raisins in it. Ambrosia is pineapple. Yeah, and uh, coconut. I, was, I always dug that. Oh yeah, you probably didn't like it because coconut. coconut, right? coconut. <laughs> that and Watergate salad. I like Watergate Ooh. salad. Does that have raisins in it? I you think, like raisins? I that think so. Raisins in it. I think, you like raisins? I think Watergate salad has raisins in it. I, I like Watergate salad. All right, hang on a second. Let me go to uh, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Good morning. Good morning. What's up, Michelle? Um, I shared the food trauma with you from that carrot salad. It was so <laughs> disgusting. As soon as my mom said peel the carrots, I knew it was disgusting. <laughs> uh, but raisins. Did other people, other people in the in the household like it? No, just my mom. Nobody. Peel the carrots. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the command goes. Right. Michelle, yeah. peel the carrots. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Michelle. I'm wondering if there are other little. By the way, Daniel Robot, we, will we be able to talk to him, or do we need to break before we um, talk to him? What do you think? W- Peels and carrots. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm wondering we, should, if we, there... we probably should just continue. Should continue? Yeah. Because I'm wondering if there are other food traumas. There was another one that I had <laughs> as a kid, and I think I've talked about this before. I was over at a friend's house, uh, and I was in grade school. I was in, like, kindergarten or first grade or something Yo, like that. You like raisins. And I've told this story before. His mom was going to make us lunch, and... He, she had asked him if he wanted uh, a particular kind of sandwich. Yeah, and it, I, I was like, "Yeah, I'll have that too," and I shouldn't have had that. Oh, you didn't no. know what you were getting into. I normally, like a normal human being, would have peanut butter and jelly. Right. What did she have? Cream cheese and jelly. Wait. No. And really? now, at this age, I might like that. Yes. Yeah. I might not as uh, not on not a sandwich. A I don't think but it's... maybe on like a cracker or something uh, or, like how that. How about a bagel? But yeah, yeah. maybe. Um, but I remember taking a bite of that and going, it's not peanut butter. Really. <laughs> oh, no. And she could, yeah, mother, see, mother's a whore. she could see on my face, she was, she was like, do you want me to make you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? I was like, yeah, uh-huh. please. <laughs> but that kind of threw me off a little Can bit. Can I take my top off? <laughs> wow. That didn't happen. <laughs> yes. yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, I would. Junior, you, big boy. <laughs> <laughs> it was an incredible memory. That all began with jelly and cottage cheese. Or was it cream cheese? Cream cheese. Yeah. Cream cheese and jelly. Ooh, cottage cheese and jelly sandwich would be good, too. Uh, nah. Not as a sandwich. Are you sure? You know, they do serve those that you can... Uh, I, I used to eat these all for, for a little while. It was cream cheese and then... Uh, Either like some blueberry or strawberry or uh, pineapple, and you put it over in there and mix it together, yeah. and it's decent that way. But not a sandwich. 
What are you, an animal? <laughs> well, we're going to have to try it out okay. just to see if it tastes all right. Okay. I will. All right. Well, anyhow, uh, so raisins in mac and cheese, that would give me some sort of, that would mess with you. You know what? I, I, I say no dice on I that. I have not found a place that makes the mac and cheese that, uh, well, consistently. Yeah, Harvest has really good mac and cheese. And it's a little bit more overcooked, which yeah. is what I like. Or at least to my my taste, yeah. it's the way I like it. You really should uh, go across the street to Corner Bakery and, uh, very and good. do their mac and cheese. Okay, yeah. all yeah, right. It's really, really good. So you're for have... a baked mac and cheese. Yeah. I think I'm up for a baked mac and yeah, cheese. Because yeah, because otherwise, it, you know, it doesn't get overcooked because you're just stirring all those ingredients in a yeah. cooked pasta. I want, I want like a, like, even with lasagna or ziti, I like, I like it, you know, uh, crisp and uh, along the edges and a little bit burned. I love it. Baked pasta. Hey, um, so speaking of sweetness where it, it's not supposed to be sweet, I had a hot dog at the Eagles game yesterday, and it was sweet. And I don't mm. know if it was supposed to be or not. And I the actually... The hot dog itself was? The hot dog added itself. added a little something to this one to you. <laughs> like this. Yeah. You got a bit of me in that. Um, I had, uh, it, dog. it was cooked to perfection as far as the, the, you know, the crispiness and all that stuff. I took a couple of bites and I was like, I, I almost threw it away. Cause I was like, this isn't, well, did you have relish on it? No. May no, I ask just, a couple of questions? Yes. Let's. Let's was go. it indeed a hot dog? It was a hot dog. Okay. So it definitely wasn't some type of sausage. Mm, it was not a candy cane. All right. No. Marissa, I think you had a question. Casey, I can't talk about the hot dogs, but I can tell you the soft pretzels are sweet hmm. in the stadium. Mm. I usually do those, so I wonder if it's the mm. bread. Was it on pretzel bread, you said, Case? Uh, no, it was on, uh, like, a potato roll. But Which... I wonder if it's the whoever's producing both of those things. Do you know where you got it? Was it just at a standard? Uh, yeah, just a uh, standard uh, outside. Of, it, it was a decent Watson hot dog, I a believe. Decent Watson hot dog. Um, well, they make a few different kinds. They, but it, I've, I'm freaking out. Well, I've gotten hot dogs <laughs> from there before, and yeah. it has never been. Why does this taste sweet? Wouldn't you like to know sweet lips? <laughs> <laughs> I just um I was like I'm not I'm not digging on this right now. Okay. And but I powered through it guys. <laughs> made it. I, I made it through the entire hot dog. So so you didn't like it. Uh I didn't or it was too much it, of a surprise to your taste buds. By the third like, one he realized right. I'm not like it. Yeah, I was like I let me try a second one. I'm like mm, not so sure. The third one I was like mm, no. Nope, yeah, no definitely. definitely. Let me definitely just finish like this it. last bite. <laughs> um no, but I I I finished it. It just seemed a leg off to me, and I just wasn't sure if there was uh, if it was my taste buds that were off or what. I hear you. Uh, somebody says, "Hey, I'll bring you guys hot dogs from a place called Harry's Hot Dogs in in Sadsburyville, and if you don't love it, I'll eat them. They're all sweet. <laughs> oh, hmm. so maybe uh, this is a thing. Perhaps so. this is a uh, the wave of the future. Well, I don't really know. By the wave way, the uh, Daniel Roebuck is on Zoom. Oh, he is? Yeah. So oh, we should right. Okay. It's 9 o'clock, so yeah. we should be uh, looking for that now. All right, then I'll add this one more connoisseur thing while Casey's getting that together. I bet you Daniel Roebuck knows a lot about it. I don't think this is a good idea. Brush, okay, so brushing your teeth and then drinking orange juice. Oh. Yes, That's horrible. always nasty, right? Horrible. Right. Or coffee. It's disgusting. Uh, now, orange juice brand Tropicana has announced uh, that they just it came out earlier this week. Uh, they've introduced a limited edition Tropicana toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> a brand representative says the toothpaste was specifically designed to protect the delicious taste of orange juice. So That's one funny. one could go right from having brushed their teeth to drinking orange juice and not have that that snap back. I think that's apparently the right. uh, uh, the whole idea behind. Could you this. just use orange juice instead of toothpaste? Um, but for brushing your teeth, yeah. Not that I know of. There's a lot of acid in orange juice. True, it might true. Uh, take part of the layer of your enamel off. I'm not really sure. 
Uh, but I, I have no idea. I haven't seen any reviews. I don't know what anybody thinks about this whole thing, but apparently that is available now. If that's been uh, a thing for you, you love orange juice with your breakfast, but you've just brushed your teeth and you don't want to try it. Maybe you should do bacon toothpaste then as well. Ooh, do everything, right? I guess so. But not everything tastes terrible right no. after you brush your teeth. No. But orange juice has some kind of a citrusy thing to it. Yeah. All right, that's all I have time for in the, uh, the connoisseur, so thank you very much. And listen, we'll probably... Do it again on Friday. Those were just some stories from so last week. So many connoisseur stories. From last week, and I didn't want those to go to waste. No, there's a time-sensitive issue here. All right, our guest is ready to go, right? Yes, sir. Uh, we were excited to find out that he is going to be a part of this. Uh, number one, uh, we love the monsters. Oh, my God, uh, yeah. Number two, we love this guy. And the fact that he is playing Grandpa Monsters in the new Monsters movie is just <laughs> exciting to us. Please welcome actor Daniel Robach to yeah. the show. Good morning, Daniel. Oh, he's the audience. Hang on. Let's try it again. Good morning, Daniel. Good morning. There we go. Uh, Before we get to me, can I get to you? Yes. Congratulations on your induction into that Hall of Fame. Thanks, man. Thank you. It's a a huge, huge honor. We don't know exactly how it happened, but we'll take it, man. (laughs) Well, listen, you know, I... It's that's a that's a real honor. It's not like the Academy Awards now. <laughs> you know, they're they're actually giving you guys an honor for the work you're doing. Well, we appreciate it. You know, it's very cool. It's very cool. Hey, so all right. So when did you know you were going to be playing Grandpa? This is uh, obviously this has been underway for a little while. But when did you find out about this gig, man? Well, guys, you'll never believe it. I found out about it July nineteenth, twenty nineteen. Oh, no kidding. I to think about. How long ago that is compared to everything that our world experienced since then? I will. I'll tell you this, uh, Daniel. I, I through uh, listen. I'm I'm a massive monsters fan, and I watch. If I just want to like a, a like a to pep myself up a bit, I'll watch some episodes. And funny for a show, there was two seasons, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, they used to do though, and it shows you what they used to do as far as television production, like 35, 36 episodes a season. And, uh, I mean, that's why th- this show is, is so great. And then to know that you got it and that, I mean, because, again, we, I've said that Herman Munster and Grandpa, one of the greatest comedy pairings of all time, Fred Gwynn and Al Lewis, mm-hmm. had incredible chemistry that has been overlooked far too long. Do I put it to you, Daniel? Do you agree? No, I agree 100%. Yeah. Thank God. Uh, Rob Zombie's smart enough to have not hired me to be Al Lewis. Right. Because, you know, there's no way uh, going into those are those, that's a big tape to fill. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, but uh, Jeff and Sherry and I all knew that, you know, this was this was the same and different. Uh, yeah. the, the truth is, I can't say. Almost really anything about the movie except an ongoing production. Well, what I can say, I can say to this, to what you're saying, is that the road to folly would be to try to replicate and imitate. You, you would have to make it a bit your own to make it really work. Well, you know the difference. I mean, Al, Al, and I, uh, you know, we're we're not from dissimilar places. Yeah, we're dissimilar backgrounds. Uh, you know, my voice has that East Coast. <laughs> feel already right um and uh look i i knew him tangentially i had met him a number of times 
uh, very much like he and his wife. Uh, his wife, Karen, wrote a great book uh, called uh, uh, I Married a Munster, My Life with Grandpa, I think it's called. It's terrific. People can get it on Amazon. Uh, and she's kind of from the same area that I'm from. You know, she had uh, relatives who lived in Allentown. Huh. Uh, so, uh, you know, we always had something to talk about. But I'm smart enough to know that, you know, Al's uh, Al's placement as grandpa, like his, when Kevin Burns did his documentary, it was called Al Lewis Forever Grandpa, right? So he's forever grandpa. He's forever grandpa, yeah. You know, you know uh, I've, I played a lot of parts. His main memory will be grandpa, and there's no way that I would ever try to besmirch that that uh, legacy. I don't know how else to say it. Because yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah, well, you, you're, in, you're in good hands because Rob Zombie is literally a a Munsters savant. I mean, he knows he knows his trivia, micro trivia, and then nine levels of trivia below that. So he is... I mean, he is, he's the way we are, and then some. So, on, in his hands, now, you, I, I assume some things are going to be recognized. I know you can't talk a lot, but you, you guys were sitting in chairs, and the still that we saw released in your makeup, and you looked like you were in front of 1313 Mockingbird Lane. It looked very similar to the show. So, we'll see some things, obviously, that center us, correct? Oh, yes, and his, his attention to detail. Look, as a filmmaker... I, I say this about uh, Mr. Zombie. He preferred <laughs> Mr. Zombie. Uh, uh, that's because when I met him the very first time, my friend John Gilbert, we were buying monster models at this place called Kid Crap in, in the valley here in L.A. And, uh, you know, this guy walks in with the hair and the beard, and my friend John Gilbert goes, Hello, Mr. Zombie. It's a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> What the heck did you call this guy? <laughs> uh, that's, that's where I met Mr. Zombie. There you go. Uh, and uh, by the way, so uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, uh, Daniel, but uh, but collecting uh, monster uh, memorabilia and so on is, has been a thing for you for a while, right? Yeah, and unfortunately, my dear sweet friend, I loved him, who, who was the guy who knew monsters just a little more than anybody else, Kevin Burns. Passed away, uh, and his auction was last Friday. Oh, you're holding it up. We're taking a look at it. It's it's, it's great. Uh, were yeah. you? Were you? Did you ever get to meet Forrest J. Ackerman, who did uh, many times? Yes, uh, yeah, yes. as did I. He did uh, Famous Monsters of Filmland magazine, which was the Bible for anybody who was into monsters the way y- you and I were, and 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 all the up and coming Stephen King. Everybody, they all loved Famous Monsters of Filmland. Yeah, I always that's how you do. It. You're like, oh yeah, other. Great filmmaker Stephen King, yeah, uh, you know Steven Spielberg, John Carpenter, Dante, yeah, John Landis, myself, you know that's how you put yourself. In. <laughs> yeah, examine that group, but yeah, to us you are, but yeah, myself, um, but uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of it, and I've been collecting my whole life, and so you know I've been on a little bit of a let's say a, a toot. You yeah, know, uh, your 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 listeners may remember I don't do drugs and I don't yeah. drink. Uh, and you know, uh, I didn't buy any cocaine, but I bought Captain Action toys. And- <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the good news is, you know, when I wanted to, you know, change my life around, you know, all those people bought cocaine. Now they have Alzheimer's, <laughs> but I could sell some of my toys and buy a new house. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, let me tell you something. After a while, and I, I, you know, if you have someone in your life who who accommodates. Your your thing. I my I have a lot of these figures. I have a lot of this stuff, 
in a tactile way. It connects me through the things that I've loved throughout my life. And, and you know, it. You know when you see something like that in miniature or six scale of, uh, say, you know, the creature from the Black Lagoon or whatever, and you're like, oh, my God. Uh, it, it just rocks your world. When we get... Um when the movie's coming out, we should do a little tour of my mini museum. Oh, I'd love it. Uh, you know, and I can take I can take you guys around to see to see the the stuff. Uh, I just I'm the same way, and I think any collector really what you're trying to recapture is your youth. The reason, uh, you know, averting just for a second, I I I changed my collecting habits. Were uh, now eleven years ago, I was my son was playing his you know his flag football game, and uh, I was leaving. And my my wife at the time said, "Where are you going?" And I said, "These people are coming in. I don't know where from Tennessee to see the toy collection." And she was like, "Oh, okay." So I'm driving home, and I start like it occurs to me the epiphany of epiphany. What kind of douche father am I? I'm leaving my son. 13th year, so I could go celebrate my 13th year. All right. It, it really was an epiphany. Uh, and uh, that was the first time I started, because the collection was so big. But what the other thing that's happened, a lot of changes in my life since then, you know, uh, the, the role of Mrs. Roebuck was recast as Tammy Roebuck. <laughs> I like that. Like the role of Mrs. Roebuck for uh, six years almost. But... Uh, you know, I wouldn't have had any of the time to make any of these movies, uh, and I don't mean the monsters. I mean yeah. uh, Getting Grace, Lucky Louie, The Hail Mary, because uh, the collection took so much energy to be online and talking about it and sharing pictures of it. <laughs> and the minute I removed that kind of obligation, my life, you know, I realized I had hours every day that I could spend <laughs> writing movies. Yes. <laughs> so it opened up. Uh Daniel, I wanted to ask about uh, going back to the uh, the monsters in the film and and uh, that that dy- that family dynamic. And I'm I'm trying to remember was was Grandpa Lily's dad or Grandpa's Lily's dad? Or Lily's dad. So because Herman was kind of the bungling uh, step or I mean son-in-law. Uh, uh, son-in-law. Son-in-law. All right, and and, and so like Steve was saying, their relationship, those two, that that back and forth, and, and you know, <laughs> Herman, come here, you dummy. <laughs> Um, you big dummy. Uh, is is are you sticking? Are you guys sticking with that? What can you tell us about that family yes. dynamic? So, uh, uh, thank you for asking. What I just like to, I'd, I'd like to, you know, my terms had suggested that I plead the. Let's just say, Mister Zombie has his finger on the pulse okay. of what it should be. Nice, okay. nice, right. good. Uh, Daniel, um, you mentioned uh, the Radio Hall of Fame at the beginning of this conversation, and we were lucky enough to spend a few days in Chicago uh, out there for the ceremony. Oh, and that's uh, what it was. Oh, yep. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was in Chicago, and um, it, it, that city reminds me of a few of my favorite movies of all time, The Dark Knight, Blues Brothers, and The Fugitive. Yep. And I, I, your voice is in my head when I'm walking around Chicago. <laughs> as I hear the word hinky, and I hear <laughs> your, your dialogue with, with Tommy Lee Jones, what, what are your memories of filming in that city and, and uh, in that scene in particular? Well, I you know I think Chicago is one of the greatest cities in 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 our amazing country. Uh, I know everybody refers to New York and uh, San Francisco as like the you know Mister Know It Alls, but Chicago that's where the real people are, man. And don't please don't Philadelphia do. <laughs> Chicago's just it's it's a few things. It's a beautiful city. Uh, it's a diverse city and has always been celebrated. It didn't have to be told. To celebrate diversity, yeah. You know? 
just like Philadelphia. No one had to tell Philadelphia. That's what, you know, I don't understand lately. Everyone's like, we've been doing it. Pennsylvanians, we don't, what do we care? You know, we're all kinds of people. So Chicago and the greatest museums, although, of course, yes, Philadelphia, New York. <laughs> That's okay. Like, you got to. Look, when I'm when I'm in the Lehigh Valley, there's three three hot dog places. There's Pete's, Monty's, and Yakos, and I make sure that I love all three of them because people always try to get you to say who do you like best. It's just like your mistakes, right. and I won't say it. I say Pete's, Monty's, Yakos. I always say it. All three at the same time. So like, yeah, Chicago's great. Tommy Lee Jones, great. You know the thing about Tommy Lee Jones was if I could make a, a connection. He was like Fred Gwynn, because I got to do a movie with Fred. We did Disorganized Crime. Fred definitely, you know, that I can say was my friend because of that experience. That's cool. We spent months together. But the thing about Tommy Lee Jones and Fred Gwynn is they were both like massive geniuses. So imagine you're, you're Tommy or Fred and you're the smartest guy in any room you're standing in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he, I, he dealt with it in different ways. Tommy was a little more wry. Well, Fred was very wry, I guess you could say. But uh, Fred made more jokes, and Tommy made more uh, platitudinous uh, conversations that were. Uh, platitudinous sounds like negative, but <laughs> no, you always learn something. Um, well, you talk about Fred Gwynn and the fact that he was as accomplished and as smart as he was, and yet, I mean, he whole hog threw himself. I was watching oh, the yeah. episode the other day, uh, where, and you guys will know this, where Herman goes down and is tinkering around in Grandpa's lab, and he stands up between the two, you know, yeah, Transformers, yeah, and, turns, and then it yeah. turns him into a, a, a regular guy. It's Fred Gwynn's makeup. Yeah. And you see him doing all of the Herman things in his regular face that he's doing to sell the makeup, and you realize how much goes in to that performance. And people go, you guys are idiots talking about Herman Munster this way. But it's the truth. It was really, really brilliant. No, both those guys knew, look, uh, working within a prosthetic or any kind of makeup uh, is a different, it's different. Uh, You know who who was great at it? I'm going to say that you guys are going to go, of course. Roddy McDowell. Yes. Yeah. Think of Roddy McDowell underneath the ape. Yep. And think of the genius of how he, Jim Hunter, Maurice Evans, and then everyone who did it after that. Uh, they they knew that they had to act through the makeup. Uh, Fred, yeah, when you watch that episode, isn't that funny? Those are, what are your favorite episodes? That episode, Zombo, <laughs> uh, the one with Uncle Gilbert, you know, yeah. all the great episodes. And we were like, oh, it's a Zombo, it's Zombo this time. We just love that stuff. Yeah. But, when, you know, they would, uh, the Munsters, I think, rehearsed for two days, shot for three. Wow. So imagine them walking around with their scripts, you know, rehearsing the scenes. And then that's what, you know, you would they would just all been walking around like themselves. Right. Wow. Uh, oh, we were so delighted to hear that you were going to be in this role. Uh, we got to wrap, Daniel, though. But uh, when, any idea when we might see this, uh, maybe uh, Halloween next year or something like that? No, unfortunately, I have, I personally have no idea. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm holding on to Mr. Zombie's coattail. <laughs> <Got> Mr. <laughs> Zombie. To do so until we both drop dead. Well, hopefully so, when you're, when you're around promoting, you, you, you do a little touring to promote and can come into the studio. We'd love to see you. Would be it would be a blessing. And can we please remind viewers, if we could, as we wrap up, uh, if they want to know more about our faith-filled family entertainment, they could go to a channel of peace 
Excellent. Very cool. We'll send that out. Thank you, Daniel. We're always looking for help. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. Awesome Have to talk to you day. again, and good luck with everything. Daniel Robot, guys. And he is Grandpa Munster in the Rob Zombie-directed Munsters movie. If you remember um, Zombo, uh, the episode, Louis Nye plays this horror host, and yep. Eddie thinks he's the real deal, mm-hmm. and is like totally into Zombo, which makes Herman jealous. Yep. And then he, <laughs> he goes Eddie, to the studio. And, and finds out he's... All fake, fake and yep. just starts going nuts on the set. I love that Hilarious. episode. Yeah. All right, let us take a break and return uh, shortly. And you know what? When we get back, I'll reiterate the details about an announcement we made earlier. The Presidency Christmas Miracle returns. We'll be back with that. Stay with us. WMMR.com. The one thing that rocks. Events, photo galleries, car gear in the rock shop. WMMR.com. All right, so those who have traveled recently and uh, flown out of Philly International have uh, realized what a just a slice of fun it is to park in those garages. <laughs> uh, slice of fun. And apparently, according to this article that Steve sent me uh, last week, I didn't get a chance to get to it, but the economy lot with uh, 7,100 spaces, you know, where you go out and you park and then you get on a shuttle and it brings you back to the airport. Well, they are going to redevelop that into expanded cargo operations and not wow. returning to parking there. So wait, so Has it what? been closed? It's yes. been closed. I thought so. Okay, yeah. The reason being is that the idea of people getting in the buses yes. uh, for the during the height of COVID, they gotcha. didn't know what the, what the risk yep. factor was. Man, so yep. then there's not very many options left for parking. That is correct. Casey flew uh, when you did the Arizona trip not that long ago, and you, when you got back, you told all of us that the parking was a, a nightmare. You had a really hard time finding a spot, and as a result, when we did Chicago uh, two weeks ago, I took Uber to and from the airport. I left my car here because parking was, was so challenging. I, I wonder how many... How often more people are just going to f- avoid parking altogether? And do airport. do that, do well, you? Yeah, I, I guarantee you a lot. What they're recommending, okay, yeah. that's actually what they're recommending now uh, oh. is using a rideshare service or cab or whatever. We and, used to use Winter, which I, was the greatest I service miss, ever. Oh Winter Airport parking was a godsend. They were terrific. I, I used another one over the summer. I can't remember the name of it. That that was it Loser. was fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it, it was it was somewhere in Essington. And uh, they, listen, it, you know, the same service. They got you to and from, and it was no problem. But um, the fact that there's no massive long term parking anymore is mm-hmm. boggles my mind. Hey, yeah, it, the way I'm, it's sandwiched where it is, Preston, leaves you not many options. Well, and I'm also uh, when I now go to park in the garages, I'm curious as to. Uh, the fee that you pay yes. because economy was mm-hmm. dirt cheap. That's part of the reason why you went there. If you're going to leave your car there for three or four days, it's cheap. It's a pain in the ass to get on the shuttle and come back, but it's that's why it's cheap. It's further yeah. away. And you're you doing a little extra ride. work. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, they're going to get rid of that. I bet uh, you they up all the prices around them, too. Like whatever is left, the, the I will prices guarantee are going to you're right. I'll guarantee you're right. Absolutely. Uh, well, they, they won't have as much to play uh, to to pay for because for the shuttle service costs 10 million dollars a year whoa hmm. and if they're not paying for that no not per person oh okay uh but that's that's what it costs to run that 10 million dollars per year if i read correctly in the 10, wow. million? 10, 10 million 10 million 10 million yeah pre-pandemic shuttle service to and from the lot costs the airport about 10 million dollars a year Wow. So yeah, they but, won't have that bill. Yeah, anymore. but what I'm saying is, is outside, not owned by the airport. Oh, okay. Outside services are going to jack their prices because you're not going to be able to park at this 
at the airport. So I've, the PHL uh, chief revenue officer, James Tyrell, said this real estate, meaning the that they're going to expand the cargo services and put that more shipping business. So the real estate will serve to support phase one of our cargo redevelopment program. Uh, the 40-acre parcel will be a critical piece for us uh, being able to start that program. So heading into the busy period of Thanksgiving travel, the airport is urging passengers to use alternatives such as riding SEPTA or taking Uber and Lyft. Travelers who insist on driving themselves, they say, should arrive three hours in advance of their flight to find a parking space. I wonder this situation, Preston. So let's say you're like, uh, I remember the the, uh, auto mall area there. Um, I wonder how many extra lot lot availability exists, so much so that a business could say, here's your removed airport parking, and they run a shuttle. To the airport as a cottage industry, there are some lots around there that, yes, that do that. Do that. Yeah, yeah. Right. I wonder how many more might be incited yeah. to do it now. That's a good question. Uh, the decision to keep the economy lot closed means that PHL passengers will have to adjust their expectations about parking availability for the long term. The economy lot, which has seventy one hundred spaces, has been closed since March twenty twenty. Uh, the closure of a nearby private long-term lot sold in a forty five million dollar deal this past summer for warehouse development added to the crunch as well. Uh, there are about 12,000 spots that are available to travelers in airport parking garages. Casey was flying out of Terminal A, yeah. but parked in Terminal F because yeah. that's where he found a spot. Actually, Man. as it turns F. out, I had to, it was Terminal E. Oh, E, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, so Terminal F is not connected. And, but like, all right, so I, I parked in Terminal F and then I had to walk around to Terminal E. It was bizarre. <laughs> Uh, and it was the only place I could I could get a spot in. One time I made the mistake of figuring, like I was waiting for the shuttle to come around to take me to the economy park. And I said, okay, I forget what terminal I was at, but it seemed to be closer to economy park. I'm just going to walk over there. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. It's From a long term? Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, what a mistake. Like yeah. a mile, depending yeah. on which terminal you're going to. That, but the long-term parking, like... That was a total crapshoot too, because you could wait for that shuttle forever, and then even when you got back, forever in, when you got back back into the long term uh, parking, the worst. You, you had to remember where your car was, and they they didn't go in alphabetical order no. when they would drop you off at the different different parts of the lot. It was it was a pain in the ass. You know what? I think there was a little secret spot, if I remember correctly, that was long term, and I think it was between uh, the. Um, between like E and F. I remember seeing this weird little sign. I'm like, wait a minute, you can go to long-term parking there? Huh. And I think I remember just seeing it once or twice and I don't know whatever happened of that or it was a, if it was a different lot or, or what. Do you know what's a way around it, Preston? What? Dress as a pilot. Okay. Ah, right. And then just pull up in front and throw your keys to the guy. <laughs> well, so uh, when we were flying out, uh, you know, we flew out going south, and uh, I was looking out the window, and I could see. So, I, you know, I used to work around there. I was a, a courier, and right. so I, w- I would be in all of those places, FedEx, Airborne, Emory, like all all over that, that entire right. area, like Hog Island Road. And I was looking down, and there are two giant empty lots that what up with that well i'm you know but i was just looking up to see if they were for sale they're not uh for sale but like those they're right there I mean, wouldn't that become a money maker now if you if you if you're if you're basically saying with no future plan to reclaim that econo parking mm-hmm. couldn't that i mean wouldn't that be a, a well, license to print money they you would have, have to, you want to buy them 
Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Right? So we'll you're use our we use our fire truck money. Hang on, they're, they're not actual lots uh, that are like paved and all oh, that. Man, they're they're uh, just empty you're areas. That, my buzz. <laughs> I know, but they used to be. All right, it, so we have to pave them too. Yeah, well, yeah, you have to you have to grade them, pave them, and all that. All I right. mean, it looks like they used to be giant warehouses, and the warehouses aren't there anymore. I'm pretty good with the shovel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. How much Kathy? did you pay for the uh, the weekend case when you did short term? Actually, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It was sixty four dollars. I think they must have reduced it. They had to. Have. It used to be twenty. It's twenty dollars a day. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. But it's been that for a while. I used to do it all the time. Okay. Yeah, because I think we paid uh, for uh, coming back from Chicago somewhere in the neighborhood. I think it was sixty-two dollars or something. Sixty-four. Sixty-four. Or you were riding with us? That's right. <laughs> uh, let me go to Jerry. Works for a car service. Hey, Jerry. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Good. What's up, my man? Well, I tell you what they've done is uh, if you park on the on the ground level on the short-term parking, yes. you're basically paying about six dollars an hour. But if you go up into the into the garage, they've Reduce that for long-term parking. Okay. Yeah, I remember one time a few years ago, I pulled into that that street-level parking, and I didn't know that that was, like, super-duper short-term parking and super-duper expensive. I didn't know there was a difference. Yeah, there is. And I left my car there for, like, a weekend, and it was... It was over a hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's like for people ridiculous. who want to park and run into the airport to like yes. pick somebody yes. up or right, help right. with luggage that, or that, whatever. You're exactly right. I'm wondering this: Has anyone ever parked over a couple of days in the cell phone lot? Oh, uh, I would imagine they patrol that to see if anybody was in their. You would imagine, right? Yeah, because there's you have to be with what your vehicle. What a mannequin do they, <laughs> Jerry? You know anything about that? What in the uh, cell phone lot? Yeah. Uh, you could, but they yeah, but you'd be through there. Yeah, and you well, you'd also be trucking your luggage like on an on ramp to get to the airport. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, get I tell you what there. they do is they have utility trucks come in and they'll park their cars, their trucks there, and leave them for the weekend. Oh, uh, in the in the cell phone lot? No, in the, in the ground level, and they're oh. paying forty four dollars a day for that. Dude. But if you think about it, the most secure place to keep a utility truck. Yeah. Borrow your neighbor's utility truck. Yeah. <laughs> and a couple hundred guys, bucks. <laughs> I had guys walk up to me and ask me, hey, do you know where a parking lot four is? I say, well, no, they're all letters. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to find my truck. And they're they basically coming in for the weekend to work the week and then fly back out and they just leave them there. What a lot of people don't know, Jerry, is that there's actually a parking lot F and a half. And if you drive your car right at the wall, it goes through <laughs> nine and three yeah, quarters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you guys know that there's a tunnel from the yes. airport to the parking garage? Yeah. Yes. As a matter of fact, I was just going to say that because no. I, I had accidentally yeah. missed my uh, terminal, or and I needed to like, and I I was like, am I turning onto the tarmac here? Yeah. Like, okay, then that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Where is this? It said you could turn, and I was like, well, I'm turning. I was like, this does not feel right. I feel like I'm going to see an airplane any second. <laughs> so, now. so you, yes, yeah. you turn towards the the, uh-huh. the runway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. All right, Subaru Outback, you cleared for takeoff. <laughs> it's between E and F. That's what I was talking about earlier. Huh. I said there was a, something between E and F, and that's it. Okay. Correct. And is that a uh, and and that's in uh, departing flights, like when you're dropping people off, right? I, I drop people off for yeah, departing flights, and then I'll go back and park in the parking lot if I have to pick someone up. So, okay. so there is a tunnel. 
Yeah, rather yeah. than circle all the way, leave the airport, circle right. all the way back mm-hmm. around, and then go, if you wanted to drop people off and then park, yeah. Huh. You to, Steve, you have to make a right to get into the tunnel, which yep. makes you feel like you're driving towards the runways, the, yeah. and then it loops back around and goes back towards where the parking huh. garage is. All right, they thanks, should let thanks, you drop Sherry. off on the tarmac. Don't that be nice? <laughs> right at the aircraft? I think it'd save everybody a lot of time. Goodbye! Yeah. Yeah, but they said, I saw some news reporter over the weekend that said with uh, Thanksgiving coming up that parking is just going to be impossible. Yeah. So, uh, clearly, the thing that makes the most sense is, is a ride service if mm-hmm. you can i mean even though so what if you compare cost say all right depends so, on where you live all right let's say you let's take the furthest out like oh Harley's it's going to be double what it would cost me to park my own car if okay. i if i had to take an uber all the way from harleysville to the airport and then one back it would cost well over sixty dollars yeah, yeah, so oh the gosh. idea is, yeah. is to pick a place where you can park like you take it from here that right? too yeah. I and could then, come and park here in Bala and then take the uber at, at uh at our uh, they're really making this difficult for us yeah they are I am? no the, oh. like just you know like for you to have yeah, to you drive are. your car from home to work to park here over the weekend then get an uber like come on I thought she said you were making you really difficult why you the airport this way you make a lot difficult but not this I was not talking about um, yeah, no, I agree. I, I don't, I don't see how that this can sustain itself, uh, with, you know, because if, if you are running behind slightly and you get there and you've got to find a parking spot and forget it, man, it's really, really hard there. Uh, the, like, like Casey had to park all the way down at the other end of the, uh, the airport. It becomes very difficult. I didn't yeah. tell you guys about my Uber ride from here to the airport when we left for Chicago. That Uber driver was nuts he was driving on the uh on the sh- on the side of the road he was weaving in and out of traffic and he, like he thought he was doing us a favor to right. get to the airport i'll get time. you there mm-hmm. i mean we were up on the shoulder for like a mile going down 70 because there was a roving construction group dude mm-hmm. and i was like what if anything's on the shoulder we're gonna guys lean over it. i'm gonna two-wheel it <laughs> there was there was a roving construction crew uh somewhere near spring garden or whatever so it was backed up traffic we made it there in plenty of time but i was like um and what it, I'm not going to argue with a guy while we're actually driving, working our way down. But it was uh, a little terrifying. Well, well, I get it. I do you a favor and you spit in my face. <laughs> I, give him a, I give him a good tip. So uh, passengers can check out the airport's online guide to public and uh, ground transportation options if you are interested in that. But with the holidays coming up, I, and listen, it's been closed for a while. But if you haven't flown for a while, maybe you didn't know that. But economy lots are closed and apparently they're going to stay that way for good. It looks so weird looking over and seeing it completely empty. This yeah. is the first time I'd seen it like that. I haven't traveled. And then you got all those shuttle drivers that they're not going to rehire. Yes, them, which so sucks. That sucks. But um, make well, them pilots. Okay. <laughs> yeah. For, you know, we, they, they need some. Buses else. are hard to fly. Kathy lost her. <laughs> the pilot and, didn't and know Marissa it. <laughs> on the way back. I didn't have a pilot. Have the shuttle dude do it. All right. Uh, we need to take a break and come back in a moment. Oh, I promised I was going to do this. I'm sorry, Casey. I need to do this. Oh, that's right. We made the announcement earlier this morning. It is the return of the Preston and Steve Christmas Miracle Woo! Miller Lite Ugly Sweater Edition. And we are headed back to Parks Casino. It will be Friday, December 17th in the 360 Lounge. Hey, hey, our hey, old hey. stomping grounds. Uh, we'll be broadcasting live. we got huge prizes all morning long. You will have to win your way into the studio audience. We have not started giving those away yet, but we will tell you when you can win those. 
Or you can enter for a chance at a Miller Lite pre-party. There's going to be one this Friday at Bailey's Bar and Grill in Levittown. So this Friday from 6 to 8 p.m., stop by and you might have a chance to win. You have to be at least 21 years of age to attend. And only the seat winner will be eligible for the Christmas Miracle Prizes. So you can go to events at WMMR.com and find out all the info. But it's a Christmas Miracle. Jot the date down December 17th. We'll be back with the Bizarre File next. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. All right, let's uh, take a run of the Bizarre File again. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre File. It's brought to you by WPHL-TV. Young Sheldon joins the Big Bang Theory on PHL 17 weeknights at 7 and 9.30. Family night every night is on PHL 17. Well, giving you time to have your breakfast. Let that settle down for a little while before (coughs) I get to this story. Uh Uh-huh. An electrician who admitted murdering two women in 1987 also sexually attacked scores of corpses in a hotel in a hospital mortuary in the worst offending of its kind in British legal history, prosecutors say. David Fuller pleaded guilty to murdering Wendy Nell and Caroline Pierce in separate attacks. The 67-year-old changed his pleas on Thursday partway through his trial which heard that he sexually assaulted the two women after killing them. He had admitted killing both women, but originally pleaded not guilty to murder on the grounds of diminished responsibility. Now, his trial heard that he also sexually assaulted women's corpses in the mortuaries of Kent and Sussex Hospitals and Tunbridge Wells Hospital while working there. Police have detected at least 99 potential victims of Fuller and what is believed to be the worst case of necrophilia in British legal history. So, I mean, wow. that's an insane amount of people. So he was just, that was the greatest job he could have. Yes. Before Jesus, his, that's before, a nightmare. Before his murder trial, he pleaded guilty to 51 other offenses, including 44 charges related to 78 victims identified who were attacked in mortuaries, which he had access to through his work as an electrician. Oh, one other thing. <laughs> yeah. The attacks on the corpses are believed to have been committed between God. 2008 and November 2020. Uh, so when Fuller's home was raided, police discovered four Million images of sexual abuse. Most were downloaded from the internet, but Fuller had also recorded himself abusing bodies. Uh, Between 2008 and 2020, Fuller had filmed and photographed himself abusing the bodies of dozens of women and girls at two hospital mortuaries where he was able to access through his job as a maintenance supervisor. So he killed the two women with the intent of having his way with them after they were dead, right? I don't know. I I don't know if that was his intent, but he did it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Fuller was arrested for a murder on the 3rd of December last year after new analysis of decades-old DNA evidence and officers searched his home. Wow. Uh, beyond depraved. Right? All right. Let's go with something a little nicer. Less corpse-bangy. Happy ending on this. Uh, investigators rescued a, mission, a missing North Carolina teen and arrested the man with her during a traffic stop in Kentucky Thursday afternoon. Now, according to the sheriff's office, Caller told 911 that the female passenger in the silver Toyota in front of them on I-75 was making hand gestures that are known on TikTok to represent violence at home, I need help, and domestic violence. Right. While investigators made their way to the scene, the caller followed behind the Toyota to give updates on where they were going. 
Investigators pulled the vehicle over and learned that the 16-year-old passenger was reported missing out of Asheville, North Carolina, by her parents on Tuesday. Mm. Through the investigation, they learned that the teen traveled with the driver, 61-year-old James Herbert Brick, of Cherokee, North Carolina, to Ohio, where Brick had relatives. The incident report says when his relatives realized that the teen was underage and reported missing, Brick allegedly left Ohio with the girl, and she tried to get passing drivers to call 911. Deputies say they found a photo of a juvenile female being portrayed in a sexual manner on a phone in Brick's possession. Brick was charged with unlawful imprisonment and possession of matter showing sex performances by a minor. But it was because she was amazing, making these hand gestures that somebody saw that, knew what it was, called the police, and took care of that, which is awesome. So thank God that ended better than it could have. A man who was missing for two dozen years reappeared this week to allegedly stab his brother in the chest in the middle of the night. I forgot to do this. Ivo Rabanzer, a 42-year-old man who vanished in 1997, allegedly attacks his brother Martin while the latter was sleeping in bed next to his wife. Oh, I I know I forgot something before I left. (laughs) Ivo had reportedly staked out his brother's house, sleeping in a tent in the woods nearby. Ivo said, I feel I felt a huge rage inside towards my brother, but I didn't want to kill him. I stayed alone with him while he was in agony on the bed, and I could have finished him, but instead I went to the kitchen, which is where the police found me. You know what? You're a pretty good brother. <laughs> Martin has since been hospitalized with serious injuries. A lawyer for Martin said that he had been uh, stabbed in the lung. The lawyer okay. added... One theory is that Ivo was angry about the terms of their inheritance from their father, yeah, which would include the house that Martin still lives in and has been nurturing a grudge ever since. So he let it stew for 24 years. Yeah, you know, he just did that yeah. little thing. All right, and we will wrap it up with that one. That is all I have in the Bizarre File at this point in time for you, my friend. When we return from this break, we will see how you've, uh, if you've been paying attention, and we'll ask a lesson question. We'll also get into trash music news. Those things are coming up, so stay put. We'll be right back. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out The Rock Shop at WMMR.com. WMMR.com. The one thing that rocks. Events, photo galleries, car gear in the rock shop, and WMMR.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Um, a prize to give away for the lesson question. Uh, four pack of tickets for Harry Potter, the exhibition. And that's going to be at the Franklin Institute, February 18th, starting then. Question, and I think we're going to go with this morning, is who did the Pope hire for security at one point? 215263. WMMR that was uttered in the 7 o'clock hour. And let's see if you were indeed paying attention. Who did the Pope hire for security? Call now, 215-263-WMMR. We do the trash while you call. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. It is brought to you by... Uh, the IBEW 654. You can join Jackie Bam Bam for Toys for Tots at local 654's Union Hall on November 13th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Information at IBEW654.net. What's up this morning, Steve? Well, Caitlyn Jenner speaking candidly about O.J. Simpson saying Simpsons one, Simpson once bragged to her that he would be able to kill Nicole Brown and get away with it. Mm. Caitlin says she decided to speak up now just in case it might help with the murder trial 26 years ago. Right? Hey! 
Kim, you for that. <laughs> it's, it's insane. Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson were apparently displaying all sorts of physical affection during their New York City outings, according to multiple witnesses. Kardashian explained her attraction to Davidson, saying that he is everything she wants in a dildo. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. And finally, rapper Fetty Wap out on half a million dollars bail as he faces charges of smuggling guns, smuggling 16 kilos of cocaine, two kilos of heroin, and a thousand fentanyl pills. Fetty, who had, uh, could face life in prison if convicted, says he was only heeding President Biden's suggestion that you do your Christmas shopping early. <laughs> 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 All righty, we'll see if you do indeed know the answer to this question. Who did the Pope hire for security? 215-263-WMMR. Let's try Tracy out, see if she knows. Hi, Tracy, good morning. Good morning. All right, Tracy, so who did the Pope hire for security? He hired the Hell's Angels. Yes! <laughs> Need some strong arms. All right, Tracy, hang on. We're going to give you a four-pack of tickets for Harry Potter, the exhibition. Something magical is coming to Philadelphia. Harry Potter, the exhibition, makes its world premiere debut on February 18, 2022 at the Franklin Institute. And tickets are now on sale at fi.edu. Preston and Steve's Music View on 93.3 WMMR. Dad, can I talk to you for a minute? (laughs) (laughs) Brought to you this morning by KGL Skin. KGL is testing a topical treatment for facial acne on teens and young adults with moderate to severe acne. If qualified, you may be paid up to $350. KGL Skin Study Center... Dot com. Mother, I have a strange... Okay. <laughs> Slipknot's Jay Weinberg revealed his new mask at KnotFest. Kathy! And- oh! Yes. Why didn't you tell us about Guys, that? you missed it. Uh, I don't as- like that this is a thing, by the way. As- <laughs> you don't? No. I think it's hilarious. Oh, that, that you're a fan <laughs> of uh, yeah. Slipknot? Yeah. As uh, most fans know, each I get new- creeped out just looking at their pictures. <laughs> each yes. new Slipknot album comes with new visuals and new masks. <laughs> Vocalist uh, Corey Taylor debuted a new mask at Rocklahoma Festival last month. Here's the deal: I don't know what this mask looks like. I, I read the story. I, I don't know what. Oh, it's crazy. Is it just not <laughs> <Yeah>. describe it? <laughs> describe it for us, Kathy. Like, in vivid detail. Yeah, it's a white. Uh-huh. And it has um, eyes and like a weird mouth. For your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, not, I don't know. not Corey Taylor's mask. Oh, 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 sorry. <laughs> no, it was, it was Jay Weinberg's, the drummer. Jay Weinberg's. It's a Betty Boop. Yep. Oh, wow. <laughs> Could you imagine? It was, oh, it's an angel. <laughs> yeah. Angel wings. Um, he said, uh, well, Corey Taylor said in 2017, with Slipknot, at least for most of us in the band, the mask is part of the art. It's not just the visual and the shock. It's a representation of who I am in that album. So for me, it's as natural as having a different hairstyle for one album and a tour cycle, wearing different clothes for an album and tour cycle. It's part of the dynamic. By it the looks, way, my description was kind of right. You were kind of right. right. <laughs> he, he, and Why? a little bit, he looks like a um, like a, like one of the sand people. Oh, and, wait. Uh, no, no, no. That's Corey Taylor. That's not Jay Weinberg. Where's uh, Jay Weinberg? I don't know. Uh, bottom. Press it right the there. One. Right yeah. below. Still correct. That's it. Yeah. No, that looks like the same as Corey Taylor. So, well, a little. It does look very similar. His mouth looks like he's halfway through the transformation that Keanu Reeves had in <laughs> Matrix. Yeah. You when... Imagine they both come out of the locker room. Okay. <laughs> Dude, really? Oh, come on, come on, Corey. Please you have ask. a whole bunch of masks. I only have one. Uh, so he said it's part of the dynamic. Uh, Slipknot released a new song. The I'm Raggedy Ann. Chapeltown Rag. <laughs> 
I said locker room. <laughs> Dressing room. Maybe it's a locker room. On Friday and played it live for the first time at NotFest. Sometimes at the sports venues, they will put them in the locker room. Yeah. So, so, they so. should have one of their one of the band members just wear like a uh, tuxedo. <laughs> just like a regular straight up Sinatra. Uh, Christmas time coming early for diehard Metallica fans with a new 40th anniversary official ring that wow. is now on sale. A Metallica ring. Yeah. The piece, which is available via Metallica.com, runs $250, is 100% sterling silver featuring the M logo and Ninja Star. Yeah. Uh, the polished silver ring is manufactured in the USA by Silver Luthier. They really, they almost rival uh, Kiss. Kiss. I was thinking the same thing with their their products. I mean, yeah. they they have really latched onto the fact that they have a diehard fan base, and is, they, is and they a, know that they will buy it. Is that a Metallica Ninja Star ring? I think it is. Very impressive. Uh, according to the, you're band, getting a promotion. According to the band site, rings are made to order. Your credit card will be charged when the order is placed, and the ring will be shipped in two to four weeks. You know, the one thing we've always said about it, though, if you're a fan. You're thrilled that they're doing sure. this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want more yeah. of whatever you can get your hands on, most definitely. All right, and then one last story. Boy, this is hard to believe. It was 50 years ago today that Led Zeppelin released its legendary untitled fourth album, generally known to the public as Led Zeppelin Four. Wow. The album, which wow. has never left the FM airways, still plays like a greatest hits collection featuring such instant era-defining classic rock staples as... Black Dog, Rock and Roll, The Battle of Evermore, Stairway to Heaven, Misty Mountain Hop, Four Sticks, Going to California, and When the Levee Breaks. I love Going to California. It's a great song. Yeah. Yeah. Or do you just love going to California? I just love to actually travel. I right. love going to And the to points California. that I get on my American Man. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the uh, to me, I, I do love the more acoustically friendly, uh, I guess it's because I've heard the others so much. Mm. You know, I don't, I rarely put on... Um, Led Zeppelin, just you know, to listen to and and just just have it as my music. But when I do, I use Caldon. Turn it up, <laughs> yeah, turn it up. Uh, upon release, Led Zeppelin Four spent four weeks at number two, and then two weeks at number four. Unable to displace either Sly and the Family Stones, There's a Riot Going On, and then Carol King's Music. Uh, that's a good album. It was the last studio album Zeppelin released while still a working band that failed to top the charts. Uh, all told, Zeppelin Four spent 14 weeks on the Billboard 200 chart, selling 32 million copies worldwide, including 23 million in the U.S. alone. So 50 years, never left the charts. It is uh, currently the fifth best-selling album of all time <laughs> in the States. No, it's it's never left the FM airwaves, it says. It's never left the effing airwaves. It, it has <laughs> left the charts. Uh, but it has sold a whole lot, and it is, um, it's one of the, the greatest rock albums ever made, really, to be honest. You know, it used to bother me every year because uh, when I would really get wrapped up in the in the song countdowns that they would do, you know, various stations I was listening to, mm -hmm. you just knew number one was going to be Stairway to Heaven. It usually, yeah. now, when I, I grew up listening to uh, the station, Casey in St. Louis, it was yeah. either, either going to be Stairway to Heaven or Layla. Layla, another Layla one, was yeah. another one. Uh, and what was the other one? There were usually three. Hotel that it, California? That it could, or Hotel California. Yeah. Freebird's yeah. up there sometimes, too. Yeah. Freebird. Yeah. Yep. MGK did theirs this summer, and it was um, uh, Do You Feel Like We Do by Frampton. 
Which that's I, a good different one. Yeah, uh, I like it. And that's uh, but they didn't. Uh, Bill Weston played the 15 minute version of it, which they well, should have. They what? played a new version called "Do You Feel Like the Bella Fields? No, they played the the radio edit. That's, Whoa! That's quitting. I know. That's yeah. cheap. Oh, that's I'm cheating. Just saying. That's not cool. Bill no. Weston. I know. Come on. He's the program director of WMGK as well. Yeah. You play the long version. You play nothing. Thank you. I like I like the countdown, uh, the, the, so the, like the whole weekend long countdown things. I used to love that. Um, I'd be, I'd keep a list. Yeah, I'd do the whole thing totally. And now look at me, a bitter old man. <laughs> Just a bitter old man. <laughs> all right, that's all I have in music news. That's all I have to say about that. All right, we're gonna take a break. <laughs> we will come back in just a moment. And we will get ready to wrap up the entire show, my friend. Uh, we have a letter of the day for the Word of the Week prize. Let's find out what that is when we get back. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, we'll be right back. Podcasts? Oh, yeah. MMR's got them. There's the Fun Size and Bizarre File editions, along with Preston and Steve full show podcasts, plus the MM Archives podcast and more. Click podcasts on WMMR.com. At 37 of the President's T-shirt, wrapping up today's program. A little earlier than we did at Camp Out, man. We were finishing every day at 11. <laughs> and then some. And then some, exactly. Uh, but today has been nice. It's always wonderful coming back home into our comfy confines of the President's Steve Studios. By tomorrow, hopefully uh, giving you some details on the totals from uh, Camp Out for Hunger. But we thank you in advance for everything you did and everything everybody did. Pitching in. It's wonderful. Uh, but we'll uh, hopefully have all that info for you tomorrow morning. I would like to thank Mr. Daniel Robach for coming on this morning. Super nice guy, actor, and he is going to be playing Grandpa <laughs> in the new Munsters movie directed by, as he says, Mr. Zombie. <laughs> Rob Zombie is the director of that. And uh, so it's cool having him on this morning and that uh, we have a friend that's in that movie. It's great. I hope it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also just reiterating that we announced the Preston and Steve Christmas Miracle 2021. Yay! Yay! It's, it's a Christmas miracle! Yeah! Uh, December 17th, which is a Friday, and we're headed back to our old stomping grounds, Parks Casino, but in the 360 Lounge, where we love doing this event. Huge prizes all morning long. You have to win your way into the studio audience and you can listen to win on air or enter for a chance to win at a Miller Lite pre-party because this is the Miller Lite Ugly Sweater Edition of the Christmas Miracle. We'll tell you about wearing your ugly sweaters as we get a little bit closer. Uh, but there's an event coming up to win tickets on Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. at Bailey's Bar and Grill in Levittown. And they have great wings, according to Kathy. <laughs> and you have to be at least 21 years of age to attend. And only the seat winner will be eligible for the Christmas Miracle Prizes. Awesome. So it is back on. It's a great thing. Hi, Pierre. Why, good day. How was your weekend? Very nice, thank you. How about you, kids? Re- uh, comma's house, but uh, good. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well-deserved coma, I might add. Nice. Uh, for all of you. It was a great, great uh, week last weekend. Tomorrow's totals? I hope so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we're going to have a meeting uh, as soon as we're done with the show here with the higher-ups and... Uh, see if they can, uh, yeah, let us know. But usually Tuesday is when we come okay. back with all that info. What a, what time about, do you know? You should put in a, in a, in a major time, like, you know, uh, like 8 usually in the 8 o'clock yeah, break. usually yeah. somewhere nice okay. and prime. He's kind of like that. Yeah. He's kind of like 8. Yeah. Thank you, Jay Leno, for the... <laughs> 
appearance. I realized I was doing it anyway. I might as well follow through. It's for the totals. You know, they came back. It's really something, you know? Yeah, somewhere on that time. Excellent. Cool. Looks Letter of the day? Yes. Here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right, the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. L as in Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah. Ooh. That's right. E. Uh, we're going to give away a South Philly concert pass. You can spend September in South Philly with a pair of tickets to see Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, with the Strokes and Thundercat on Saturday, September 3rd at Citizens Bank Park. And a pair of tickets for the Killers imploding the Mirage Tour. Special guest Johnny Marr. And that is September 27th, Wells Fargo Center. Complete details for both shows at WMMR.com. We'll give that away on Friday. Have you ever seen Led Zeppelin? Did you ever see them in concert? Back I saw in the, the reunions. Okay. And I had I was going to go to their last uh, tour in San Francisco, and I foolishly listened to the advice of the <laughs> FM DJ. <laughs> he goes, well, it's a sold-out show. Now, if you don't have tickets, be a good, essentially, citizen. Yeah. And a responsible concert goer, and don't go. And I go... By golly, I'm going to be a <laughs> By golly. I'm I'm not going to go, moron. Mm. I was an absolute moron. What a of course, life lesson. Wait, you... I could have gone and gotten tickets and oh, seen them. Um, and I would have gone. I mean, it was, you know, 40 minutes from my house. I, did, I didn't have something like that, but one that I regret, something along those lines, is when um, the police were touring Synchronicity. And I'm like, you know what? Oh, man, this is... A bunch going on. I'll catch them next time around right. when they come in, and then that you have was to be careful it. of the next time. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, I saw all three, no, two lids. I saw them reunited at Live Aid, uh, which I thought was stunning, but um, they didn't like. They didn't release that performance, and I saw them uh, reunite at the 40th anniversary um, of Atlantic Records at Madison Square Garden. Uh, they were the last ones on, and that. But again, each of those was only a three or four minute. Or yeah. three or four songs. Song, set. yeah. Right. Um, but still, it was cool. Nice. I got a moment. Uh, what's up on your show today? Well, Led Zeppelin uh, 4, obviously, as you mentioned, released 50 years ago today. So we're going to celebrate that. We've got cool workforce blocks. We also have a conversation with um, Robbie Krieger of The Doors. Wow. Uh, he's got an autobiography out. And uh, thank oh. you, Nick. You uh, turned yeah. me on to that. Yeah. He was not available during uh, our show. And so, uh, yeah, he's going to do a virtual event with the Philadelphia Free Library. which right. is um, So I'm glad that worked out. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, we interviewed him on Friday. And we We'll run that today. He has an interview or a, a book out that tells his rather amazing story. And we have a couple of little synchronicities in there, too, which will be fun. So that will be on the program. Well, he's never done an endorsement for some sort of screen door company or something would be, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just like, you might as well at this point cash this in. This is Robbie Krieger <laughs> of the Doors. <laughs> oh, and I need to mention this. Um, and I meant to put this in music news. I apologize. Uh, out today... Our friend Victor Fiorello is Pierre Robert's long, strange trip. 40 years on the air. Love it. Nice. Have not had a chance to read it. I just saw that it's out today. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very cool. So that's at uh, phillymag. Uh, dot com if you'd it's like awesome. to read all about that. Excellent. Is there Excellent. an official date for the 40th anniversary or is it just this month? It's somewhere this month. Okay. Yeah. I just generally call Thanksgiving the anniversary. Okay. I, like I don't that. know what day. It's close enough. Who will play you in the movie? Um, Ooh. We cast the MMR movie one time. We did. And I've got that list somewhere of well, who's look, playing so got, who. Keanu comes to mind. <laughs> Keanu. Actually, yes. As, uh, yes. He in could your do earlier that. days. Yeah, well, right now. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Excuse me. He's just younger than you. I'm not saying you're 
up there, but he's younger Brad than Pitt you. Pitt comes to mind. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the Thor guy. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Now you're talking. I was I thinking know. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. But I think Richard no. Gere. I think no. the Iron Sheik. No, no. No? No, right. no, no, no. We'll work on this. Okay, all right, we'll okay. There right, you have it. All right, thank you, Pierre, and I want to thank our sponsors, too. The Preston, Preston and Steve Show brought to you today by Dunkin' Donuts. It's all you, honey. <laughs> the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show. Also brought to you by Acme. Download the Acme app to see your all-new deals, rewards, and perks today. Visit acmemarkets.com for details. And Meineke for tires, brakes, batteries, exhaust systems, and more. Meineke doing car care right. So, tomorrow on a program, a gentleman named P.J. McCabe. He's local, and he's a filmmaker, and he's got a movie out, and we're going to talk to him about it tomorrow. Uh, it's Tuesday, so we'll give away some fresh ink with the Preston Steve Tat Tuesday prize, and we'll find out what else we can get into. That's it. We're done. Rage on. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow, friend. Bye-bye. Preston and Steve Show. On 93 WM. Welcome to Modern Life, a brand new podcast from Fidelity Investments that's here to help you live your best life. From marriage and parenting to choosing a career and deciding how to invest your time and money, each week you'll hear stories from incredible people about triumph, change, and discovering their purpose. Search Modern Life wherever you find your podcast and hit follow or subscribe for new episodes. Fidelity Broker Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC, 900 Salem Street, Smithfield, Rhode Island, 02917.